not have the thing pulled up i was getting ahead of myself there all right everybody well, welcome back to the rogue agents podcast for your weekly entertainment uh got sam and we did it Dizzard <laughs> we're running a little bit late sorry it's my fault um anyways i'm all paranoid thinking my stuff's all messed up what would the show be without me messing up the intro you know like i don't think i've gotten it like perfect except for maybe like the first time and even then that's like maybe okay at best i don't like i've ever maybe you should do the intro from now on but then where would the fun be where would the fun be where would the fun be <laughs> all right <laughs> anyways welcome everybody to the show um first off announcements we're gonna go ahead and say thank you to the patrons if you'd be interested in becoming a patron the link will be in the description or you can just ask around the discord whatever it's up to you not necessary at all but thanks to the guys and folk who do um other big announcements we have nova coming up this weekend which sam and myself are attending um so that's exciting yeah i'm I'm super hyped i have no idea what to play still (laughs) (laughs) you leave in literally less than 48 hours that's the beauty of it right you leave in like what 36 hours (laughs) uh yeah friday friday morning around nine o'clock yeah so third Damn near 36 hours from now, you'll be on the road and you have no idea what you're playing. I'm trying to convince Sam to play Midnight Suns. So I guess by the time, um, I guess this comes out tomorrow. So anybody who thinks Sam should play Midnight Suns, hop into the Discord and at Sam, at Finger Guns, play Midnight Suns. And if we can get over, what, what do you think would be a good number? If we can get over 50 people adding you to say Midnight Suns and you oh, have wow. to play Midnight Suns? How about 50? 50 sounds good? I feel like 100. I feel like 100, 100 since like, I don't think we have that many people. <laughs> <laughs> Fair like, enough. It's going to take a grassroots effort. It's going to take a grassroots effort to make this happen. And it would it, it, be one for each person, not like I'm going to at finger guns 100 times. <laughs> <laughs> so, But if we can get 100 people to at finger guns to play Midnight Suns at Nova... And maybe we can convince him uh, that he should do it. I think they're really maybe. good right now. I think they're really good. Um, I saw Pagani put a picture up the other day that he was playing Midnight Suns, trying to teach somebody how to play the game. So that means they're really good, right? Must be. Must be. Like, I always bring the best things to teach someone the new game. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. No, I, 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 like, I like Sun's position in the middle. I just don't. I don't have uh, a whole lot of experience with them. Yeah. And uh, I don't I don't really want to play Asgard again. Not that I like I'm not above it or anything. I just kind of like I I did the thing I wanted to do and Asgard's my comfy place and so now I just kind of like I want to do something else now. Yeah. I just don't know exactly what. Um but I I, miss. I guess we can like let's have like tangent number 1. Are you writing notes cuz I didn't I'm not writing notes. Well, of course. <laughs> I'm the time stamper. <laughs> It's okay. At least I caught it now. Um, anyways, um, like I, I think it's actually a very like interesting discussion where it comes to, like Midnight Suns because like I've, I posted this like elsewhere and you and I have talked about it. And it's like, yeah, how are Suns not like the top dog? They have some of the best characters in the game. You have Doctor Voodoo. You have Black Cat. You have Iron Fist with Heroes for Hire. You have OG Strange. You have oh. 
Moon Knight, who's a decent three threat. Um, oh yeah, you have one you of the you, you, have, you have one of the best two threats in Wong. Uh, and, I mean, okay. it still feels weird to hear that. I mean, sorry. I know, but it's like it's not. It's true. It's, it's true. No, to be honest, like it's not hyperbolic. It's not like super out there of a take. But, like one might actually be one of the best two threats in the current meta. One removing conditions. Two healing when there's no hey, healing yeah. cards. Like oh, I guess it's one healing card. But like the last, top support two in the game. Top. <laughs> you're right. Top support two. Now, 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 hear me out. So we have almost every single affiliated character. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is great in the current meta. Um, now you have some of the best characters, like a tier characters, arguably. And then you have some of the best tactics cards. You have a slightly more expensive Wakanda forever. You have a bat, which is super good in the current meta. Like you don't want to die for a round. Like (laughs) I'm going to bat the shit out of somebody and reduce that spike. Then you just take recal as well with it, which we're going to get to that in a second with this Malekith ruling. Um, I'm hyped tonight. Oh. You can't tell. <laughs> um, this is like they nerfed me on the way in. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, and we're gonna talk about that, but um, also yeah. you have yeah bats. Uh, we've been talking about Seance under Doctor Voodoo, which is actually pretty kind of good right now. Um, as far as character cards go, like Voodoo might actually want Seance, especially under Midnight Suns. Uh, and then I don't remember the other card is because that one actually doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. There's another one? Yeah, there's another one. I can't remember. It's the one that like you pay two power and if you have a hit crit wild, you you stun them. And everybody oh, within too. Yeah. Like that I it, one. it could be arguably the other brother voodoo card. Yeah, like it could be arguably okay, but it's like I don't know. I think the investment and the requirement is just way too much for just a stun. Um but anyways, yeah. Three Three tax, root, maybe. three taxes cards, even though the voodoo seance isn't affiliated, it might as well be. Um, so it's kind of like super good. And then you have Fist bringing heroes for hire. You're probably playing Mystique because she's really good under them. You got Ghost Rider with Deal with the Devil. Like great tactics cards, great characters. Uh, and they're like one of the best leaderships in the game if you can abuse it. Like if I have an extra power, I now have a way to get away at the end of my turn. So you have to basically, you're essentially staggered. Because I'm range two, okay, I'm gonna bump, and now you have to move if you want to hit me for certain characters. Or Mel's not Mel's not staggered. Mel's not staggered. Um, <laughs> You're right where he wants you. <laughs> or, or I'm trying to I'm trying to be be positive here, you know. Um, but but, but yeah, the, yeah. the point the point is though, like we keep talking about this is like how are sons not like a top tier affiliation? And I'm gonna put that question out to the listeners, like, like let me know, like why do you think sons are like not there not yeah like they they have all the tools to be extremely good especially in this current meta but they just fall flat i don't i don't get it it baffles me after nova i'm gonna be humping um jumping over to suns so <laughs> open this, this sucks, <laughs> i'm talking my my yeah. mouth is moving faster than my brain is apparently they, right. <laughs> they're like the they're like the sports ball team that's amazing on paper like you just look at them on paper and you're like, this team is stacked. It's like, talk about like, like Seahawks, the second season of Legion of Boom. So yeah, like, pretty much. You're just yeah. like, how does this team not just win everything? Yeah. And yeah. then they're just like, what if we went 10 and five and like didn't. <laughs> and then we throw the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is why I stopped watching football. That game is why I stopped watching football. Whew. Should have just, right, just thrown it. Should have just thrown it. 
on the rock. Or not throw it, know. not throw it. Uh, just yeah. give the ball to Lynch. <laughs> give the ball to That's Lynch. They did was throw. Yeah, they, they did was throw, and they threw the game. Throw the Super Bowl, Jesus. Ugh. All right. I don't know. They seem well positioned, but I don't. I don't see what they don't do. I think that like Suns with like Malekith and Hulk and some other like big nasty five threat, like I don't know, maybe Juggernaut or something. Well, so, seems like plenty reasonable. Like so you can definitely like, like splash stuff with them. I mean, like little like little update. I went to. I'm gonna give a big shout out to uh, Battlegrounds Games in Midlothian, Virginia. If anybody's in the area, they do a tournament every single month and great people. Nice. Um, real good local scene uh we had 16 people which is amazing for a local event um oh, that's great and it's 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 huge and like the, uh my last game was against somebody playing sons with hulk and i tell you what sons with hulk is scary like he did a phenomenal job playing that list he did really really well um he almost he actually almost beat me it was really really close towards the end um but i was able to squeak out and do pretty well. It was a good day overall for my, me. Um, he did pretty, pretty well too, from what I saw. Um, but he, I kind of want to talk to him about what he's doing at Midnight Suns because he, again, like out of a sixteen people event, um, second place. So, so congrats to well. congrats to him for doing so well with them and great job. And yeah, if anybody in the area, go go check out Battlegrounds um, in Virginia. They do tournaments every single month and they run a good show there. Um, okay, let's talk about the big news of today specifically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, as of what, five hours ago, um, my, my, my Malekith was a great oppression against this game, as many people have (laughs) referred to him as, and the glory be that is AMG has come out with a ruling on the forums to suppress the forums. to suppress this oppression known as Malekith. Um, <laughs> however, in doing so, they also took a bat to Domino, our beloved. <laughs> poor, poor Domino. Poor Domino. All right, but uh, all real talk, the um, the whole probability manipulation on Domino and Cloak of Shadows under Malekith is getting a change, but it's not really getting a change because it's actually just clarifying the interpretation of the rule. Because if you read the rule, yeah. there is a statement in it that says choose one school. Well, that's what it is now. It's literally you choose one school, you pay for that school. Like you pay X to, if I have five schools in my initial role, I could pay five. But it's that school specifically. If it gets re-rolled to anything else, even if it gets re-rolled to another school, it no longer counts. Mm-hmm. If it gets reverse pierced from like, um, su- uh, can't talk, um, Supreme Strange, Sexy Strange, um, it, it no longer counts. Anything that changes that die face specifically to any other die face, even if it's a skull again, like, oh, Grand Illusion, if it's if it changes the die face to a skull again, it won't count because it's, it is because it counts it as a crit or it treats it as a crit. And then Mysterio says, okay, now it's a skull again because that happens after. There's actually a ruling on that as well, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to work. Don't quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> I could be very wrong. Now, and... If they made this dice modification, I'd be done here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, but like, so let's. Uh, so I think the biggest thing that people like look at this is one. I think recalibration matrix should probably just be in everybody's list uh, because Mal yeah. goes and he spikes into you on like a super pivotal turn, and you're like, okay, recalibration matrix. You just paid like four power for skulls. You just now basically potentially lost 
uh, like four successes. Um, Recal is just yeah. super strong now into that because of that. Anything that can change his dice. So you have uh, Crimson Dynamo really, really good into Malekith now because he changes those skulls and now he's not getting it back. And now Malekith just wasted power for nothing. So it creates more of a question point for the Malekith player. But, oh, I guess the other thing, too, is you can't overpay for schools now, too. You can't be like, I rolled two schools. I'm going to pay three in case one of them rolls into another school. Because you're paying for schools at that moment. You can't pay for yep. schools that aren't present at that time. So you can't overpay or prepay for schools that I thought, aren't there yet. So I thought they said that you could you could still overpay. You can. You can still overpay. So, like, yeah. say, like, so you can voodoo's... pick the same skull multiple times, but it, it's just yeah. to burn power. Well, for yeah. No other so, like, if, let's say voodoo's attacking you with a power burn, and you're like, I want right. to lose all my power so I don't just die to his <laughs> thing. So, I'm just going to dump all my power. So, you can overpay, but you're not getting the benefit. Like, if I overpay, I can't, yeah. like, count more skulls later on. Um, oh, Thoras is here. Thoras, can you correct me if I'm wrong? Um, Grand Illusion does work on the schools you paid for, right? Because they're treated as a crit, and then <laughs> they get changed. I read it earlier, and I completely spaced on it, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I just want to be proven wrong. Uh, but I think, I'm pretty sure Grand Illusion works into it. There's a, there's a forum posting. Just look it up, people's. Uh, the forums are a great place. <clears throat> but yeah, um, the, the big... Yeah, Thora says I'm good. That's right. I know rules sometimes. Um, <laughs> Alright, uh, so... Uh, the biggest consideration here is I see people talking about how, wow, this is huge and this is like great in the Malekith and this creates options. Number one, I will say 100%, 100%, it's creating more options into countering Malekith. That is that is absolutely happening. Recalibration has more of an impact on him. Uh, again, Crimson Dynamo, the Grand Illusion. Before the Grand Illusion was like, I'm not playing this into Malekith because it would help him. <laughs> like, right. um, so it's kind of like, eh. um, However... I overall, I think that this like rules. The best part is like it's not a rule change. It's literally just clarifying the rules that's written um, and the interpretation that the community had. Um, that's this, good because this was this was not a fun rule to explain to people. Yeah, and it was always the one that made people go like, "What?" <laughs> but it says cheating. Cheating. <laughs> um, but I think like the biggest thing to look at it is um, Malekith. Like it's basically towing down that the, the high end of Malekith. That's that's all it's really doing. Like it's making him less like I'm gonna spike you with 15 hits. Um like that's not gonna happen anymore. If it does, and I'm so sorry, but Malekith just had super nice <laughs> like he rolled what, like five crits and paid they were all skulls or something like that. So it's not he's, he's still strong, but I don't think it's like yeah. it's a it's a soft nerf. It's a soft nerf. This is that's very all. so this is a very light touch. Like I this is a is more of a buff to recalibration matrix, in my mm. opinion, than it is. And uh, Dynamo. Yeah, the recalibration, like anything that's like rerolling offensive dice, and it's definitely far more. Like I think it was easier to interpret this way. Like yeah. just like you read the card, this is what makes sense. Like the the overpaying, even the overpaying, still like it's fine. It yeah. it's kind of a gamey thing, in my opinion. So I'm glad that this is you know just yeah. face value yeah. now. It, it makes it, it makes it sense. Um, I will applaud AMG and the rules team for getting to this. And I, I would say honestly, it's a timely manner. Mal came out what two weeks ago, so yeah, like pretty timely manner when it comes down to it. Um, so good job to AMG and the rules team for going with this. And I I think it's better for the game. I think it does tow Mal Malakith down a hair. 
but I also think that it hurts Domino more. I think Domino goes from being like that 3.8 character to just being like a 3.5. He's still amazing, but he's no longer going to be that three threat that like just murders Hulk. Like, <laughs> which he shouldn't have been able to do that in the first place. Like you shouldn't have like Domino just going up and being like, I'm going to dice you to death because I have this ability. That means I'm going to be doing, Oh, a potential 20 damage from a three threat over two actions. Like it's like, I, it's overall again. It's still it's still a good rule. It, it it hurts Domino, but I think it hurts Domino in a way that puts her down to where she should have been. I think that this affects defense more than it affects offense yes. for these models. Uh, I'll because agree with I that think too. <laughs> like Domino just doesn't die. <laughs> right, because like Domino and Cover used to basically be like automatic three blocks. Yeah, like it, it was hard not to get three blocks with her and Cover. So that was a very strong effect for the X Men in particular to have. So that, and I mean, even then she still wasn't getting run all the time. Like she's, she's a great piece. It's going to affect her survivability a little bit. Uh, I guess I just have a hard time wrapping my head around how this changes like offensive output, because yeah. like you literally, in my opinion, this is th- what this is doing is it's making space for a crimson dynamo. It's buying you a turn with recalibration matrix, but largely the output is not going to be affected. It's way more of a defensive change in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I got Shuma in the chat saying, in my honest opinion, they should have gone a little bit further and made counting dice as a form of dice modification. I don't think so, because you kind of want to have that difference in the game. Like, it adds more complexity to the game and adds more depth to the game. If we just have everything be the same rule, then it kind of gets stale after a while. So having the differences in wording and verbiage makes it creates more design space for the developers to be able to say okay this character is going to be this way while this character be this way so it helps out design space for when they're trying to do something different and wacky um so it's it's more so helping them out in the long run so they can create more interesting characters that's fair i i have a, a slight disagree on that <laughs> uh, i think that like like counts blanks i think should remain not dice modification i think like like martial artists because it's like yeah. just a passive effect because it's just always on this is something that you're literally choosing to do that is changing the face of your die. Like I, the, the language feels like splitting a hair to me on this. Yeah. I kind of wish that Cloak of Shadows uh, was dice modification too. But uh, so I do I, think the martial artist should should remain. I will say, I will say, I think passive. the best, the best thing that I've seen, like best recommendation. I, I hate like recommending that. Oh, well, I would do this to change this character because like I'm not a game designer. I don't do this. Same. Um, yep. So I hate I hate those discussions, but I also love them because they're also fun. This, I'm a very big hypocrite when it comes to them because I love having those conversations, <laughs> but I also hate them because they're completely pointless conversations because they're not going to do anything. Um, but but I will say I think the best recommendation that I have seen for Cloak of Shadows is instead of making it count as a, as a crit, just make it count as a success. I think that like brings Malachi's value down but it doesn't like make him not a seven threat however i think how it is now is essentially doing the same thing because like you're you're cutting off that high end so much by making them not be able to not not be able to count more that aren't there yet that cuts off the high end so much it just means he's not spiking people to oblivion it means he's not going to be one-shotting people as much, but he's still probably going to be one-rounding a lot of people. Like He's still going to be the one-round knockout. He's just not going to be the one-shot knockout as much. It's still going to happen. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely going to happen. He's going to go in there, <laughs> and he's going to one-shot somebody. But he's not going to be one-rounding people left and right, or one-shotting people left and right over and over and over again. All right. Um, yeah. I, I think that's good enough on that. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think the crits are fine. 
Yeah. I like I like that he blows up crits. I want a Malekith. It's a destroyer of worlds. Like yeah. I'm I'm all for it. Uh so Absolutely. I don't know. I mean one last Malekith thing, like the other like big discussion this week has been like, you know, is the game balanced for seven threat when I was playing a, a nine threat Thanos that was taking three actions a turn. I definitely felt like he was out of balance compared <laughs> to the rest of the game. That was part of the joy of like playing him was like on a game that's basically balanced for two to six threat. Yeah. And two actions a turn. Like here's somebody who's literally just like breaking well, fundamental rules of the game. I have, I have one question for you. Do you think that this rule clarification, cause that's what it is. It's not a rewriting rule. Yeah. It's not an errata. It's literally just, Hey, this is clarifying the rule. Um, because it literally didn't change anything. It's literally rules as written. It's just we all interpreted it wrong, <laughs> or the majority of yep. us did. Um, That's I'm, I think plenty of casual players took this. <laughs> yeah, just fine with this. Yeah. So, so my my question to you is is do you think that this brings Malakith down to a tolerable level, or do you think that the community is still right with him being egregious for the game? I don't think that the community is right. I think that Malakith is a very powerful model, and he's been out for two weeks. And it's not time to, to give up the ghost quite yet. Fair enough. Like, <laughs> I, I, mean, I agree. I agree. I, in my opinion, Malekith is straight up. He's seventh threat. He needs to be worth that seventh threat. Like, yeah, yeah, he might be a little bit overtuned, but like, I think that this this cl- clarification of rules, I think it actually brings him down to where he's not going to be as egregious as he has been the past two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I literally got blown off the table by a Dormammu last night. So, yeah, like, it like, happens. It's nice. There's it's, plenty of powerful it's, models out there. Yeah, it's exactly. MCP dies. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I, like it, it's, it's, it's part of the game we play. It's consistent dice, but it's also this is this is like towed down like his like consistency with his dice because you're not like trying to do like premonition and be like I'm gonna roll three schools off of this now. <laughs> like, let me. Yeah. But it also like, like can you really think about it? Like anytime I played Malakas and I overpaid, like more often than not, it was just wasting power. So if you're anything, wasting it, but uh, I feel like sometimes like you just oh, sometimes it pays pop off. off anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of times it pays off. But I'm, I'm just curious how the power economy for Malakith is going to feel now. Is like is he going to be even more because people aren't overpaying for power as much, and he's going to be able to be more like willy nilly with his things? Uh, I'm kind of curious how that's. I think it out. changes very little. I think, it does, <laughs> I think it changes very little as well. But I'm curious to see if anything changes across the community with the talks. But let's move on. I think it's enough Malakith conversation. I was going to sound like a social media platform. Um, anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are we ever done talking about Mal, though? No. <laughs> um, so next we have... What, what did we call this? It wasn't the hot takes. It was something else. Somebody it was hot take cold drinks. Hot take cold drinks? All right. Hot take cold drinks. What are you, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight I'm drinking Original Sin Crimson Chaos Cider. Uh, New York apples with a chaotic mix of berries and cherries. It's great. How chaotic is it? Not always a cider guy. It's a... I felt like the first two that I had, like on Sunday of last week, not like earlier tonight, but (laughs) the first two I had almost tasted different from each other. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's where like the the chaotic name comes from, but it's been pretty consistent since then. So maybe it was just a Sunday. (laughs) It's a Sunday thing. All right. um, I am having... Okay, so I was super excited about this because... Wife and I go over to the um, the gas station. So you stick up the classics on post. Uh, it's like where you buy alcohol. Yeah, and um, I I love Victory's Sour Monkey. Like, like I I love sours. If I could find me a good sour, like a, like a, a, is it is it goose or ghost? I can, I can never figure it out. Ghost. Is it ghost? Okay. It's ghost. 
right. Uh, I always want to say goose because I know there's not two O's, but I always want to say goose. Um, I always want to say go say go say. Do you have any go say's here? <laughs> but like, I, I love it when I can find a um, when I can find a good sour, like like wherever it is, and I, I love sour monkey because um, it's like one of the, in my opinion, sour monkey is probably one of the best like sours you could find in like a grocery store or something like that. Uh, Thoras buying your alcohol from gas station sounds sketchy. Was this have the store around back? <laughs> um, <laughs> On post, we have this thing called the Class Six, where you can basically buy like alcohol and like have like all sorts of liquor in it. And they have basically, I want to say like worldwide beers, but they have like a really good selection of beers. Um, that's where I typically buy buy the stuff from. So I, so I can get like Victory there. I found out that you can actually get Victory Sour Monkey in a can now, and I was extremely excited about it. So that is what I'm drinking tonight. I love sours. And I was really curious your opinion of sours because I don't know what it is. Like if I just have like a really good sour that hits me just right, like I just I love sour flavors in general. Like I love sour candy, yeah. sour flavors. I'll like give the wife a sour candy and her face is like, like all like sour. And then I'm just sitting there like eating one after the other after the other. It's like I don't know how you do this. Like I love sour flavors. So like if I see like a sour beer on a menu, I I have to have it. Like it's like by far one of my favorite beers to get. So what what do you, what about you? I'm a fan of sours. I fell in love with sours uh, when I lived like a mile away from a brewery and there was this brewery that was just down the street and it was yeah. awesome. It's called bottle logic. It's in uh, I think it's in technically in Anaheim, California, it might be Fullerton. And it's such a fun little brewery because they have really solid beers that they always have, but then they go on these like seasonal tangents yeah. and they're like the rogue agents of, of breweries. They're great. <laughs> and uh, so like, like fall would be like dark beers and like summertime, no, like early, early summer would be like sours and then late summer would so, be like IPAs. To be fair, if it was like the rogue agents of a brewery, it'd be like falls <laughs> would be like a pale ale and then winter, winter you'd have like a porter. And then yeah. um, summertime, instead of like a summer shandy or a wheat, you're gonna have a stout. <laughs> Oof, <laughs> like, yeah, they never did that one. They never did that one. A super, they, they were super a heavy, super heavy dark. Uh, you don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know what you're gonna get. You thought you're gonna come in here and listen to us talk about scrolls, and we're just sitting here talking about <laughs> alcohol. Yeah. And... Yep. All right. Right. All right. Sours uh, are good. If you if you've never had a sour, give it a rip. It's nothing like any beer you've ever had. They're yeah, fun. Absolutely. Like and, and that always, sour monkey will like oh, they're also get like you in the mouth. Well, I mean the best part and, about it in the is, brain. The best part about it is like sours always taste amazing. And they always have like eight to twelve mm-hmm. percent. And it's like it's insane with mm-hmm. how good it tastes and how high of an alcohol content it has. It's insane. Yeah. Well played, uh, well played, guys. You made sours. Yeah, <laughs> whoever whoever invented this, I, I'm curious. Is like is a sour just more? For, I need to look up the science of how a sour gets made because is it just like the beer went bad? Yeah, I know nothing like, about it. <laughs> right? Did the beer just go bad? And this is like they let it ferment for too long, and we're just drinking bad beer. And someone's like, yeah, whatever. The FDA approved it. Like here you go. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's like the, the guy that first spilled vodka and tomato soup, right? Like, yeah. What if it was a thing? <laughs> all right let's let's get on with the show all right um we're gonna talk about last week's challenge right. of the week we were talking about let's make a list with craven in it did we say it had to be foes as well or was it just craven i don't remember i think you said it had to be foes i think I... it was like foes with craven no lizard yeah i think that's what it was yeah 
Um, and we both actually had a consensus. We went with Kenny G21. I never say Kenny G21, but I'm going to say it this time. Um, he calls it the Master Trappers Kenny. Hunters. Um, so he's got Goblin, Craven, Mysterio, Rocket, Nova, Heimdall, Killmonger, Daredevil, Shadowlands type, Bullseye, Taskmaster, running Sinister Traps, all according to plan, Bounty Hunters, Shadow Organization, Usurp, Grand Illusion, Face Me, Mental Domination, Fearful Symmetry, and Trip Up. Secures, he's running Portals, Overrun City with Spider People, Cosmic Invasion, Infinity Formula, he's got Extracts of Spider Infected, Fear Grips, and Alien Ship. He has a little note in here. There's loads of overlap with foes in CS, so I made a list themed around trappers and hunters. The foes variety will be trap house, while the CS variety will be more about hunting down opposing pieces. And that kind of craven trap hunting list, would, what would it be without the potential for fearful symmetry? And um, we were like, I, my my conclusion with um, like looking at his that I love the most is like it actually looked like an actual somewhat competitive list while also remaining true to the theme and being very, very true to Kenny. Uh, <laughs> yep. Like, I love this list. Um, I, I've i played stuff similar. I love Craven. Um, I just wish I saw it more on the table. So I love the list. So that's why I picked it. <laughs> yep. This was, this is, this feels like a, a work of art from Kenny. I know he's been working on his various traps builds for yeah. a better part of a year. So good on you, Kenny. You finally did something of note. Now leave Black Order. Also, congratulations. Leave, leave Black Order. <laughs> Leave Black Order and go play this list. <laughs> I'm giving you permission to swap your cuts list to this. <laughs> do, it, do it now. I'm kidding. Don't do that. That's not a real confirmation. All right. Uh, moving on. We got the main topic of the week. And this week, we're going to continue we on our crises. Talk while we're, what, almost 30 minutes in. <laughs> and just now getting to the main topic. I'm sorry. Uh, not sorry. We've been having a good time today. All right. Um, so main topic of the night, we're going to be talking about scrolls, continuing on with our crisis talk. We don't know if we're going to talk cubes as well, because cubes is very similar to spider portals uh, or spider infected, rather. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to talk something different next week instead of crisis. Give, give, give the crisis a little bit of a break, do you think? <laughs> give it a uh, break. I don't know. We, we need to touch on ease, but yes. That's fair. We can, um, we can take a week or two for sure. All right. So anyways... Scrolls. We have our fancy matrix here. And I got the matrix. The matrix. Please hold color. <laughs> Please hold while we pull us up because we're organized professionals. All right. So scroll. You got a C shape. It's a slow scorer. And I. I don't know. Like. I think slow scoring is like subjective here because it really depends sure. on what the secure it's paired with. Like I, I understand like the whole like we say a secure an extract is slow or fast. Um but even if it's two threat, like not two threat, if it's two VPs, like that's two VPs that you're getting your opponent's not getting and that can make the game progress quickly. I think where scroll oh, yeah. is actually slow is those games where you don't find the scroll until the 5th round. That yep. is that or is what people are Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're not checking or if when you are checking it it's constantly not a crit, which <laughs> yeah. I've, I've played them. I've seen them. I've like, you just, sometimes it's just how it plays out. You're like, well, okay. Guess, <laughs> guess there's it, no extract. The longer game. the game goes on, the longer it goes on, like the, the more important it is to find, yeah. right? Because it suddenly becomes like a get out of jail free card in those situations. Cause like you could be behind like six to five going yeah. into round five and you're like, all right, it's six to five. If I find the scroll, I pull ahead. 
Well, I think that's like the the conversation that needs to be had about scroll is I think it's a slow end of fast extract because if you find it with let's say Toad round one turn one like that's going to be yeah. a very fast game or Hulk like if you find it with your first activation or even like in the first round and you have it it's going to make excuse me it's going to make the game very fast in my opinion depending on the secure of course. Um, <sighs> Fast, I think, is kind of subjective here because if you can, Medi- if you can speed, get the medium. four points, if, so yeah, if you can get four points, yeah. right? If you can, if you can get the scroll and two others, you got you're on a you're on a four turn clock that game. Yeah. And if you can force parity, whether you have the scroll or not, right? So like if you're in a situation where you had to give up a lot to like find that scroll, and now you're out of position, you're scrambling to cover the secures. You only need to cover one in most cases to keep parity. Uh, Gamma is kind of a different one in that respect because that uh those home points are worth so much but uh even with gamma you can kind of seed the middle so long as you don't give up your home and you're still looking at a three three score yeah so and and three three is a long game that's that's a that's a five or six turn clock right so now you're you're going the whole way at that point versus something like we talked about spider infected last week which that could absolutely be a three round game um, because of how Easy. many points are on the board. I guess that's where the whole fasting comes into play, but I, I still think... I, okay, so if I have a lawnmower, right, and I have the rabbit at the top, <laughs> and the rabbit is, like, spider-infected, and the turtle yeah. is... What do you think is the slowest extract? Game? Probably Creekcore? Creekcore, I guess if it's Creekcore, it'd be Scroll as well. I think the Senator. The Senator might be actually... Well, because the Senator always gets found on one. The yeah. Scroll and the Core have the same... I, they're the same speed, in my opinion. Those yeah. two are the same. What, what what would you say is the slowest extract though? I part of me wants to say Montesi. <clears throat> Maybe I mean you can only hold one. There's three of them. I mean it's the thing to remember about any sort of multi extract, right? Is that if you have a decently reasonable even split, like a yeah. three two on an F or a two to one on Montesi, and especially if those change hands like once or twice, right? Like it, it's only a differential of one. And you're only, it's only one more point for one person than yeah. the scroll would be, right? So it really isn't that different. And for Montesi, it's like the same as the scroll. But the, the major difference is that if you have the scroll, you're pulling away or yeah. you're catching up. Whereas with the other ones, you're you're not really pulling ahead like very keeping, much at all. It's, it's more of a parody situation. Mm-hmm. So if you were to say infected is the rabbit, where would you place scrolls on the lawnmower scale uh, it's a turtle it's a turtle in my opinion like i i understand what you're saying and i don't disagree with you but like sometimes you mow the lawn and it happens really fast like <laughs> it's like even if you have it on the turtle speed like if you just mowed it like a couple days ago like it mows pretty quick again i, I love this analogy though <laughs> <laughs> but you know other times you gotta like crank it up to the rabbit in order to, to get it done quick and sometimes even then it's still not done very fast uh, I don't know. This this is a turtle, in my opinion. I think it's the slowest. I mean, there isn't now that herbs is gone, right? There isn't a more dead extract than this and the scroll. That's true. Like herbs is probably like the turtley turtles, turtleist, turtle yeah. turtleiest of the turtles <laughs> until you can actually like, score the, on it. But like, right throughout the entire game, majority of people like it's like considered it a dead extract. So you're not scoring any VPs with it for like I would say right. probably ninety percent of games played. Um. Even if you were like built a score in herb, like it still wasn't a sure thing. Yeah. Like, it, 
but it did not take much. All, all it took was a Thanos, and you were done. I'm I'm good to say I'm good to say scrolls is a let's uh, let's say it's a turtle in second gear. All right, so it's like the one notch above the turtle. Yeah. So what's the right, and, and we're still going to say that herbs is the turtle because it still exists. Yeah, I think I think because like, if you're playing extended, you can still play herbs. All right. But I say I say herbs is the turtle. The way God intended us to play MCP. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we got the center. So it's a it's a C shape. You got three points yeah. across the middle of the board, and it's fun, great for attrition list because they just have to move once they can hit it. Great for scenario pieces because they can either have shenanigans that make them be able to move, grab it, get away if they roll right. Um, I think. Because of the fact that it's this, I'm sure we could probably talk about this more. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that more later. I'll I'll say that I'm not gonna ruin your talking points this time like I did last time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, it was fun. RNG. Fun. We have a RNG. So basically, you're rolling. You need two dice to get a crit, and this is why sometimes yeah. we'll have games that go the whole entire game without even finding the scroll. And that's a very sneaky scroll. Um, yep. <laughs> single tin and potato. There's only one once it's found. Only one, one. thing. Um, only one person can hold it. Only one person gets it, and it's a you very hot it. potato. The scroll is uh, so it's so not far the hottest. As, so it's not the hottest. Senator's the hottest, right? Because you, you're moving slow, and you have that negative one dodge you, and defense. You ready for right? another analogy? That's, oh yeah, bring it. <laughs> All right. So Senator, I live here. Is is the potato? <laughs> That you pulled out of the microwave after ten minutes of putting it in the microwave. <laughs> okay, and then what's the most you've seen the senator change hands in in one like turn, not turn but like round one round? Oh, I don't even like three well, or four. I, like I, I don't I feel. I, I, I feel don't like think it was more than four. I don't know. I feel like a lot of times what ends up happening, is, especially like nowadays, like before it, it transferred a lot. But I think nowadays, like people are smarter yeah. with the game. They're like, okay, I'm gonna kill whoever's holding the senator. And then I have last activation. I'm going to go scoop it up if you don't. And if you pick it up again with somebody else, I'm going to kill that person. Too. Yeah. I'm going to dust you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like with scroll, you don't really have that negative. You're slow moving. Is it slow? Yeah. It's slow moving, right? It's slow. Yeah. Cause Creek you're, Wars, you're... Creek Wars wants one action. Yeah. Um, and there's so many different things sometimes yeah. that get mixed up. So you're slow moving, but. This means like the people who have like the get in there and get out plays, they still can do those for a lot of times, right? Um, which is great. Which we're going to be getting into here in a little bit. Uh, we have yep. it sharing shapes. So, oh, go ahead. So on on the slow from the scroll, like an important rules distinction is that it is not the same as the slow condition. Yes, the slow condition means that like you you move slow, like whatever move you thought you were going to do, you move slow instead. Whereas with the scroll, it makes your speed slow yes so you can still do things like hell on wheels away or uh like zemo has what steel rush or 23 yeah if you have him right if you have does anybody no nobody has that i was trying to think like does somebody have an elusive with a medium but i don't want to i don't mm. think so well toad's got toad's got toad's slippery, got slippery. So yeah like he's got slippery that's one and he sure does love holding the scroll yeah let's don't get it twisted. Uh, Shuma, the like, slow condition makes abilities that state your movement speed still goes slow. No, no, no. So it doesn't is the thing. So like, if you have an ability that says you move M off of an attack or off of a superpower, you still move that M because it's not affecting your um, that because it's not you're not moving your speed. Now, if it says advance your speed, 
then it would be slow. Like if you deception somebody who's holding right. the scroll, they're going to be moving slow, even if they're a lawn mover. So scroll doesn't affect those types of things. Dead space. Right, so uh, slow. Yeah, right. There we go. <laughs> so for the slow status, this character can only use the short movement tool while advancing. Is the oh, exact reason there. Sorry, Thoras. Some confusion because speed is short, not slow. You're right. There we it go. Is short. Oh, yeah, that short. one. Yeah, the short movement, the long movement, and the medium movement tools. But slow. That's <laughs> <laughs> not slow. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's that's how it works. If it's like an ability with a scroll off of a mm -hmm. superpower or off of that, then it's like the scroll is not affecting it because it doesn't the scroll actually say move action. No, it just says the speed of the character. The speed of the character the scroll okay. becomes so, short. Because like, <laughs> I, yeah, I believe I, <laughs> I believe the, the reasoning, Shuma, is the fact that like like let's say like Craven's movement afterwards it says this character moves medium it's not saying this character moves its speed so it's not affected there however doesn't the slow condition still affect those abilities i'm pretty sure it does i think so let me read craven real quick right let's read some cards guys yeah because the craven scroll the, the scroll is different than the slow condition now so first of all craven the hunter's elusive is may advance short but it is an advance, so even if it... It says advance short okay. in the slow condition. So when you advance, God. you advance short. We need Thoris in here every single night when we um, uh, go. <laughs> so Thoris says, right? Because slow says when you advance, you can only use the short. But, yeah. So it's it's different between slow and the scroll. The, the, the condition is different. What's making you move and for what is different? That's forum yeah. postings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's 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 move on. Um, we have it shares a shape with meteors, alien ship, senators, intrusions, sword, and legacy virus. That so, is that is a lot. It's it's right? a lot. So like, and the thing is, is, this is an extract, and it shares the same shape as one, two, three, technically five secures because you have Fisk and Terrigen as well. Yeah. And the thing about these is that they, they stay put. So yep. if you like that, that C shape, then you really want to be looking at, at these, even though they can, they, they can cost you a game. There's plenty of games where you're in a much better position because you're playing with this dead extract. Yeah. And then it's going to be sharing a type with alien ship because it's basically the same thing at a different threat value, but yep. alien ship makes you only have one act move. move. Yep. And you have to attack or you Excuse take a me. damage. Yeah. And Senator has different downsides, but similar, just actually worse. Like Scrolls is like the most fair out of all three of these. <laughs> um, yeah. Or not really most fair, but it's the least like detrimental in my opinion. Um, and Cure, which is the, let me win the game with a Rube Goldberg machine. Um, <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> like It's that or it's that or get demolished by Malekith, right? Or like yeah. demolished with Malekith? So, I mean, how do you give us a few different ways to play how, this game? How do you want to lose today? <laughs> <laughs> Let's play. Okay, no, let's do this. 
Um, all right. So our talking point. You want to have anything else you want to say about the sharing type? Uh, no, I mean, because like the, the sharing the type of the ship. So I guess like one of the interesting points that's like a, a variance between like short movement and long movement, just to you know keep in your mind, is that like with the the, the Kree core or the alien ship, like however you feel like re- referring to it, uh, two slow moves is longer than a long move. So you can actually get away further with the scroll than you can with the uh, <laughs> the core, right? Because you're only with the core, you get to move one time. With yeah. the scroll, you get to move twice. So you can move further. Uh, I, I don't remember if it's for every base size, but certainly for a small base. However, and then there is. I, we're not talking yeah. about Cree core. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I got can, excited. I got excited. The, the, part of the point is to you know reference these things to other crises in the game. So with uh, the Kree core, you're getting to move. You only get to move once, but you still have another action to do something else with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. right. So talking points. We have RNG. RNG is like one of the biggest things you like consider. Like if you're looking at like competitively, RNG is like you. If you're taking this extract, you have a plan mm-hmm. for either mitigating the RNG, like let's say reality gem. Um, Heimdall can affect it. Giving yourself multiple chances to roll on this with ever like more characters. Um, Fury grunts can interact with this one, I do believe, because it's not a target opportunity. It actually comes on the board as a civilian, unlike the Kree Corps and unlike the uh, Senator, because they come in as target of opportunities. Um, so you're dealing with RNG. So it's like. You really don't play this unless you're either a wanting to slow the game down because you want to like you're taking that risky for the biscuit moment of um hey i want to have less points this game needs to go as long as it can because i'm just gonna beat you up and win that attrition race and eventually i'll, I'll outscore you or i'll table you one or the other um or yeah. be you're bringing in it. more tools to help you find it sooner Anything else you want to add to that? So, no, not really. I think that like the, some some key models to think about with this, right? And like, kind of moves us on to I don't know, either dealing with the drawback or whether to search or not search. But I mean, if you're running models like a Black Cat or a Voodoo or a Miles or uh, what this new Human Torch guy, right? When he comes yeah. out, you, you've you've got some options or an Enchantress, right? To, to basically get this off of someone else, you've got an opportunity to mitigate that scoring without having to actually KO the model that's holding it or daze the model that's holding it. So I think that having those plans are all important, but also just putting models like Hulk or Toad in position to grab this thing late in a round can be game game defining. I'd like to know what the win percentage is for someone who finds the the core on like the last activation with a with a toad or a Hulk. Like cause I'm guessing it's upwards of eighty percent. Yeah. Because you're just getting two points and you're just running away with it, especially with Toad. You're just like, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah with, with Toad, you're not even worried about it. With Hulk, yeah. you're kind of like, you're like, well, he's sixth threat. I probably want him to still do some stuff. Yeah. But it's going to be a lot more gamma launch, th- punch, throw if I didn't get the push. And I think then walk away. <laughs> I think one of the worst aspects of like, I think like something that needs to be considered if you're like, again, competitive mindset here, if you are looking at scrolls, you need to understand that if you are rolling for the, the scroll, do you want the scroll on this character? This goes the same for Senator. This goes the same for Kree yeah. Do I actually want this character holding the objective? Because nine times out of 10, 
if you put the character out there going for it and you really don't want them holding that thing, they're going to be the one that they're finds find it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Every single first, time. First activation, you run up with character, you know, act, you're like, ah, oh, I'm just going to check it with Zemo, right? Because it's just a numbers game. We got to get this thing on somebody. And now you've got your, your Zemo moving short until he gets dazed yeah. and drops it. <laughs> and he, that's not Zemo's job. Don't make Zemo do that job. Let let someone else find it and then charge in with Zemo and take it off of them. Take it off time. their it's a good yeah, time. pry it out of their cold fingers. All right, we got dealing with a drawback. We've kind of hit on this quite a bit already, but basically you get move short. Short. <laughs> <laughs> My brain's like click 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 click. We can do this. You move short now. So like, how do you deal with moving short? Like, especially since a lot of these characters that you're bringing in to do these, you know, safer center checks, right? Yeah. Not so much for, for this one, but for like your Fs. If you bring like an Angela in on this, she's not getting anywhere near as far away as she could have, uh, you know, if she was able to move long. So yeah. having this on somebody who moves long is not, not really what you want. Having it on somebody who moves short, they basically don't have any drawbacks from it. Yeah. I always like putting it on Thanos because I liked having like the, his little like, just like, Old old time Thanos when you could triple move, so it's just like triple yeah. short move with the guy, <laughs> <laughs> or just grab it with somebody who already moves short and is tanky. Because most yeah. if it's a short mover, it's somebody who's going to be staying around the table for a while. Um, right. So juggernaut, Hulk, juggernaut, Magneto, Omega Red. Uh, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's got damage reduction. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, yep. we got grab and run plays. You want to hit us, run us down the grab and run. Well, so the grab and run for, for this is really you're looking for someone who can check multiple positions, right? So I feel like this is less than grab and run because your grab and run is pretty much mitigated by that short move. Uh, suns are an interesting option yeah. where you could, you know, maybe find it and then bump back. But uh, somebody like uh, like an Angela who can run up and check the center. And if she doesn't find it there, she can dip off to either of the sides, depending on how you moved her up. And she can check that one over there next. I think those are cool plays. Uh, it's not really grab and run, but you're, you're getting multiple points of contact. I like I like that. It improves your odds. I don't remember exactly what all the, the great odds are here, but uh, <laughs> another one is uh, a, a multi-gem Thanos, right? So a medium base, medium move with eyes on the prize and uh, at least three power. Can also check two positions. Yeah. Because you're moving up to the center line and you have the range to do it. And... Uh, yeah, and you, you, can't just, you just gave a that's plus. Worth. You just gave a plus for Suns. Maybe you should be playing <laughs> You got this. Careful Un- what you wish for. Unlock <laughs> unlock the Midnight Suns. Uh, uh, I'm not ready. The world's not ready and neither am I. Yes, you are. Just, just, the, best de- <laughs> the best decisions are ones you don't know you need to make. Wow. It's getting deep now. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. Uh, got search or no search? Search or no search. I think a lot yeah. of like attrition style teams are like the ones who are like, I'm not going to search for this thing because I'm not going to put that objective. Um, man, I can't. That that fulcrum point. I don't really know what you want to call it. Um, that teeter totter. I don't want to put that in your favor where I'm just going to leave right. it. And if you want to search for it, go for it. I'm just going to try and kill you as soon as you find it. Um, Versus yep. people like web warriors who are like, I need to find this scene as fast as possible so I can get away um, as yep. fast as possible. So 
that's something that I think is like very pivotal to understanding is are you playing with a character or an affiliation that wants to find this thing or wants to just leave it on the table? Like when I played X Force and X Force reference, people miss them. Um, <laughs> X Force was Midnight very coming. Midnight Force is coming next. You wait uh, or don't wait. I don't. You know that's such a weird like. <laughs> like <laughs> This <laughs> it's, it's such Emerald. a weird expression though because like if you think about it like you just wait why would i want you to wait when it's like <laughs> i guess like it builds up the anticipation you know what i'm saying like it's such a weird expression when you think about like the concept of it because you're asking people to wait for you yet you want to wow them so i guess like it goes in hand to hand with like the anticipation of building up the suspense of what's going to happen when they're just gonna be let yeah. down because it's Midnight Suns and X Force paired together. Um, That's showmanship right there. Showmanship. Showmanship. But like, it, it is <laughs> it is a really weird expression when it really comes down to it. Because like, do you think it'd be better for me to just like be like, bam, it's happening right now? You don't wait for this. You want to be on the edge of your seat, or oh, you just wait. Delayed gratification. Take, take take a seat back. Chill out. It'll be coming in the next couple of weeks. You know, it'll happen. By the way, yeah, I'm uh, after Nova. I'll be jumping back to. Um, X Force. Let me try out some Midnight Suns and X Force. So anybody who's been asking for it, it's gonna happen. Um, it's coming. Anyways, I forgot <laughs> where we were. We got uh, search and no search. So like back in X Force, no like X Force, I'd run like Scroll and Creek Core and like these like single extracts because I'd just leave it on yeah. the table and I'd be like, okay, if you want to go find it, that's great because Cable is just gonna shoot you from the deployment and body slide and get onto a secure. And he's going to be, this is like where Cable loves to play. Cable loves being able to just body side onto a secure and be able to double tap somebody. Like, it's great for him. It's like where you get your most money for Cable. Um, So, like, having characters like that where you realize, like, I don't want to find this scene. I just want to bait you into looking for it while I try and do what I can to take you out after you find it for me. And, like, Black Order is the same way. They're like, hey, you find it for me, and then I'll just take it out of your hands. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. I mean, it's like the the bounty hunter analogy that you know, yeah. we've referenced, like you know, every like fourth episode, the the attrition roster has to succeed basically every time, and the the the, the wider roster only has to succeed once, right? Yeah. So the wider roster has the extra bodies; they potentially have the extra power to you know to run some extra checks for the, the scoring opportunity that they need to get out of this game alive. Whereas the attrition roster needs the sure thing. So I don't need to move somebody up and check there. I need to put someone in position to make sure that you don't score it again. Or better yet, that you don't score it at all. Yeah. Cool. All right. You got reality on here. Yeah, because it works. It works. <laughs> reality so Corvus, makes you find Corvus it. has pretty stupid odds to, to pick this thing up. Or Reality Space Thanos has pretty stupid odds to pick this thing up. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's upwards of like 80%. To, to go with Thanos and uh, Eyes on the Prize with a, uh, I guess, any old gems, you only need three power, right? So let's say Mind in Space, or no, Reality reality Space, right? That's that's the that's the sequence here. Yep. So you come up and you check, and you've got a great percentage because you've basically got 50% odds, and then you do it again next door, and you've got those same 50% odds to find it. So. And then good. speaking of reality, you got Heimdall in the game now, who, if somebody yep. will... Like you could have Hamdal get into position onto a secure and then have somebody go up and get basically essentially two chances at finding it as long as they're not rolling skulls. So there we go. 68 I'm, for Thanos plus reality. 
There you go. Hamdall takes, takes it to eighty three. There you go. <laughs> so you take both. If you're playing scrolls, just take just take yeah. Reality Gem and Heimdall. There you go. Play play Asgard Black Order. There's your list. There's nope. your list. <laughs> nope. <laughs> maybe one, maybe the other, but uh not together. Alright. Um anything else for scrolls that you want to hit? Um no, I mean I think it's pretty straightforward, right? Because it's it's the center line. So you got to yeah. be careful. You're putting somebody out there. You're not going to be able to get away the same way that you're used to getting away from the center line. If you're used to just like rolling up to the center line and doing something like you can still go check and get away pretty easy. But if you go up and check and you find it, like you're in a lot more danger. You also have a huge target painted on your face. Absolutely. So get ready. All for right. It. Um, I mean, do you just want to run? Uh, we're not even at an hour yet. We took like 20 minutes for scrolls. I- these are pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's so many of them. So it's important to kind of understand that that center line and like what, yeah. what the center line opens up for you. I think, and also like what it opens you up to. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the C C shape extracts just in general, I think is like worth discussing a little bit on like, just like how you're talking about, like you have to understand like if you're going for the extract, that means anybody that's size small, like small base, um, with a yep. medium move, if they have a range three attack, they're gonna hit you on the center point. So X twenty three with no matter the cost doing her spender means that she's gonna hit you with a really heavy attack and then move mm-hmm. onto you to be able to like pick it up if she if you dropped it. Um Wolverine yeah. with no matter the cost can do the same thing. Uh who else is a small base that has a range three? Iron Fist. Iron Fist can do it. Mm-hmm. Um Proxima. Proxima. Oh, who has a range three builder that I'm not like thinking of? I mean, Strange can do it and pull you in, um, which is kind of oh, funny. OG Strange, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got uh, range four. Yeah, OG Strange can just like move up, and I wonder he could probably bump in Midnight Suns <laughs> and pull the person towards him. I want, I'm curious if like if you're like if you bump with Strange, if you range four will reach center line if they're contesting it at any point. I'm, I, I think if they're on the far side, they might be just out. Um, I'd have to measure it, but I think they'd probably be just out. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, fourteen. It's fourteen 14. It's 14 for... No, 16 inches for range four on that, on the bump. So 18 inches across the board, right? To, to the center point. I think, I think it's short from just a bump. Okay. Anyways, still kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not though. I don't know. I have to measure it. I, it it, it, it yeah, might exactly. it might be reachable, but I'm curious now. I'm actually really curious if that actually works. That's kind of a neat technique to just like I'm gonna pull you towards. Basically, do a mystique deception for all intents and purposes. Are you are you actually measuring this right now? I'm just gonna see if it works. Yeah, why not? This is content. This is radio. That's fair. All right. While while he's doing that, I will entertain you all with my ramblings of Malekith being wonderful. I'm actually like super excited for Nova. Nova's going to be a fun weekend. Um, We're going to hang out. We're going to hang out in the hotel. We're going to play some MCP. That's right. We're going to both make it to Sunday. Let's go. (laughs) I I will say... He cannot reach the backside of the point. Okay, but he can reach like the middle of it, probably? Yeah, so like if if you're... If you're as far back as possible, he cannot double tap you. 
after a bump. Yeah, but he can move and definitely reach you, which is still interesting. Definitely. That, but you don't need the bump at that point. Um, right. Yeah. So there's there's some interesting things that you got to consider when it comes to like C shape extracts is understanding like who can actually like reach you and why like you're better off more often than not just ensuring that you are like max one whenever you're picking stuff up off the center or interacting with the center even on secures because there is that possibility that your opponent did not deploy correctly and now that small move range three can't actually touch you. Um, cause it has to be like almost perfect at deployment. If a piece of terrain gets in the way, if like they're off to the side, just a hair, like they don't actually make it. Cause it's like a small base, medium move range three, just barely reaches the other side of the point. Um, yeah. So I, another one for this is like, if you wind up on a B shape paired with one of these single extracts, like mutant madman can be especially rough for this yeah. pairing, uh, for, for a narrow list. So if you wound up with your extracts and you're, running something that's pretty tall and you're on Mutant Madman, which is already not so great. Uh, now you're in a situation where a lot of times if you're a tall list, right, you're trying to dogpile one side of a B. And if you dogpile one side of this B, if you deploy in a way that's like telling which side you're going to dogpile on, then if this gets found on the wrong side of the board from you, you've got an uphill battle, right? Because that now we're in that like 4-2 scoring range pretty quickly, pretty easily. And... uh you got, you got three rounds to fix that. <laughs> that game's getting away from you. Yeah. All right. Watch out. Yeah, let's go into cubes. You want to go into cubes? I mean, okay, let's just go ahead and hit cubes. Everybody, we're going to hit cubes yeah. now. So that way next week we can say we've actually <laughs> hit all the core prices. All right. Did it. We're in it for the long run. Let's go. This has uh, been fun. I've never done anything like this. This has been like a five. It was uh, going to be six, but now it only has to be five. It's a marathon. <laughs> All right, so next up, we got cubes. Struggle for the cube continues. It's an F-shape, shares a shape with spider-infected. It's a fast score. Yeah. So this is like a turtle. This is not a turtle. It's a rabbit. It is a rabbit in gear six. Yep. It is ready to This go. is all the way up. All the way up. Like, <laughs> I guess the gamma, like, like gamma is the one that's actually all the way up. Yeah, like, you're so right. Maybe right. this is like gamma, the, gamma one, is, one notch down. Gamma is you're in, you're, in, you're in gear four, and the rabbit's all the way up. Yep. And your blades are up as well for all you dads out there. Because <laughs> you go faster when the blades are up. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Get them blades out. You can haul. So maybe, maybe, maybe spider infected in cubes is like rabbit with the blades down. You're just trying to get the job done. Yeah. There You're just go. trying to get the job done. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You are. Uh, anyways, we got a, um, it's a center. It's got a center point. Um, shares shape with spider infected and scoundrels. And it shares Woo. type with Spider Infected and Montessi. Uh, biggest takeaways from the cubes is you have the cube damage. And this is actually something that, like, even to this yeah. day, is it'll catch you off guard. Like, I've like, been playing this game since it came out. And for some reason, I still can't get over the fact that, like, oh, I'm going to die in the power phase. And I just like space on it. And then, like, I get to the power phase. I'm like, oh, I have no, <laughs> I, I lost, I lost Zemo for this round. Yeah, um, some of those games go real sideways real fast. But it's like it's definitely like something that like that you need to be paying attention to because it's like if you're like looking at your opponent and you're yeah. like, okay, I left him on one, like he's like four out of five damage. I'm just going to say I'm not going to attack that person because they're going to die in the power phase. I unless they've already like they don't have to activate yet. If they've already activated, then it's like I'm going to leave them there. My opponent doesn't have patch up or a way to heal them. 
So they're going to die in the power phase, and they're going to be down a character next round, and I can really try and get that swing turn going for me. Um, It's something that you really need to pay attention to, as well as pay attention to on your own characters, because sometimes you will send a character up and be like, I can can risk taking a couple damage here. Uh, Cubes really changes the way that works and the dynamic, because you're like, well, normally I can risk taking three damage, and I'm okay, but you go there and you take that little spike and you take four and you just lost like Baron Zemo round one. And you're just like, Oh, now my opponent has prio. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm going to be down a character. This is, this is looking real good for me guys. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Rough like that. The damage really adds up. Uh, this is one of the, the secures that I'm most excited to see when I'm playing Asgard yeah. uh, because the interaction with the leadership is just fantastic because you're just like, I, if I gain an extra power, I just use that kind of at my convenience to, to heal the damage off. But it's great with healing factor characters yep. as well. Like even though like it does, it, it can kind of dictate your activation order, yep. right? Because you are down those two health until the end of your activation. So if you've got, you know, multiple characters holding multiple cubes and they've got healing factor, you can only activate one of them at a time, yep. you know, outside of some, some edge cases. So, I, so I, I, I've always been like an advocate. Like people are like healing factor characters are great for cubes. And I'm just like, I don't know about that because if you really think about it, cubes still hurts them the same way it hurts everybody else, unless you're going to activate with yep. priority and activate that character first. Like you just said, it just, it just like, doesn't add up. Yeah. Right? That's the only difference is that the cube damage doesn't add up. They still take it. It yeah. just doesn't add up. Yeah, unlike like like Juggernaut or Kingpin or Crossbones, where like that was that was some of my original cubes teams was Kingpin and Crossbones. Just yeah. like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. And interesting thing there is that you don't gain the power if you don't take the damage. Yeah. So kind of watch out for that. Which is um, fine because it's like I'm gonna like yeah. I don't want Kingpin taking damage anyways because I want him to stay around longer. And mm-hmm. people are going to be throwing in punches into Kingpin anyways. And if they're not, he's okay with that too. Cause he just wants to stand in one spot, maybe occasionally do a throw. Yeah. Um, but he uses his power just to keep himself alive. So it's kind of just like, eh, same with crossbones. So they're like, he's like, eh, yeah. okay, I'll just, I don't need the extra power from the cubes. I'm just going to sit here and hold it. And next thing you know, I'm scoring 16 before you can do anything about it. So Yeah. For, for those guys, for me, it's less about, that cube damage right so like preventing the cube damage is huge but then just remember that you know when you want to block the incoming damage from the shot right yeah. if you spend that damage you you might have less power than you thought you did that's the trap i always wind up finding myself in where I'm like oh well now i only have one power for my actual turn so this is fun <laughs> <laughs> guess i'll throw a punch at you which i didn't want to do great and then i'll walk backwards yeah all right, we got oh, the other thing to think about is the economy shift is with cubes on the table. That means yeah. that characters will be doing their superpowers that they shouldn't be doing earlier. Like round two, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to do my two cost superpower, even though I picked something up. I'm going to be able to do, yep. I'm going I'm to be an Asgardian. I'm going to do a three cost superpower, even though I pick something up. Like, like it's much yep. different economy going on. Uh, next, we got safe grabs. What do you, what do you mean by this? Well, Angela is a, a great example of a safe grab yeah. on this. Angela can grab two cubes on, on turn one. Uh, she can grab the center and then one of her home or or even the center and one of your opponent's homes if you've got a you know a weak landing spot that you can put her in where you're not too concerned about her. Just, you know, you don't really don't want to lose a five-threat character during the power phase of turn two. So obviously you don't want to 
put her in too much danger. But the safe grab strategy is basically having a model that can grab something from the center and then get back to safety. X-Men. And so there's, there's, there's a lot of these. X-Men have it. Angela has it. Uh, again, eyes on the prize, medium base, medium move. X-Men can, can grab, X-Men can grab three round one, can't they? With Corvus and Proxima. If you, yeah, if you do the Corvus and Proxima thing, then you can, I don't know if you can actually grab three of them turn one, but you can, you can grab like ridiculous cubes with them. Well, I think it's like if, you're grabbing a home cube think, and getting back to safety. I, I thought it was like, going, I thought it was if you had a medium base for Corvus to jump off of, mm-hmm. you move medium, you'd get the center and then you move medium towards Proxima, grab that one at your home and then Proxima husband and wife's double moves. You, don't, you have to have the power. You have to have the extra power for husband and wife. Cause oh yeah. Cause only, yeah, he only gets two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So like old, yeah, old pre- Corvus and Proxima. Yeah. <laughs> Now I think the play is more often than not like you're you're gonna grab uh your home cube with Corvus and then husband and wife at the maximum range that you can do for Proxima, and then she's gonna leap off of Corvus, long move up, grab your opponents, and come back. And now you you've got your home cube on that side and your opponent's home cube on that side. So then you've just got like a weird well, yeah, and it's like Delta at that shape. point, your opponent is forced to grab center if they want to, like, yep. have two. Or they just send somebody who's or yours. long move or yours. and grab yours, yeah. Or medium move. Yeah. Medium base, medium move. Which that's, is our next rougher. one. Medium base, medium move <laughs> means that they can get to your cube or you can get to their cube yep. on the far side. Um, meaning you can just double move sinister, which I, I keep trying to think of, like, a healing factor team with like sinister because it's just like or asgard because sinister with three damage reduction ain't no slouch mm-hmm. um Heck no. like if you but like the issue is you have to have the power i wish force extraction it costs power to do that's hot take uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> i love sinister. i love sinister though <laughs> but yeah medium base medium moves you need to be aware of it if your opponent has like lizard on the opponent on your on your opponent's team then they could easily get there with lizard grab cube Granted, they're sitting duck for your entire team to go into if they do it early enough. But, like, yeah. majority of the time, they do it at a time that, like, okay, it is, like, late round one and you still haven't picked up your home cube. Okay, Lizard's going to get it. Um, yeah, and, and that's one of those things, like, like Lizard and Convocation is, is yeah. especially potent for this. <laughs> or even, like, a... like a So it's not just medium-based medium move. It's also long move small base, right? So the... Like Black Panther can do the same thing. He can go up and, and grab your grab your thing of a jugger. One absolute yeah. says he does it with Fury and Agents. I think Agents are super interesting to do it with because they can do it. And then it's like the yeah. nice thing about it is if the agents get it and your opponent kills the agents, well now the your opponent's still not getting the cube because right. the agents get to drop the cube where they want to. Which puts it back to pretty much a C line, which means you're gonna go next with your own person to grab the cube up again with somebody else. Um, yeah, so that's that's a very you, fun play. You got to be wide enough to pull that off, but like yeah. like Matt says here, like Toad Toad can still get up and grab that thing and stay relatively safe because now you, you got to think that like now your opponent's also activated a piece or two in the in the interim. Yep. Oh, yeah, Toad's the other one. Toad can just medium move and he yep. interacts within range two and grab something else. So like. There's multiple ways that an opponent can actually grab your cubes. Um, yeah. Or you can grab your opponent's cubes without them realizing it. 
I've had some really interesting games on cubes and spider infected where, you know, you're, you're facing off against like a lizard and a black Panther and it's a, a toad and a lizard. And it, it's, it's just weird. Cause you both just steal each other's. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're back to parody. Yep, exactly. And now, now, now we're back to figuring out who's going to strand themselves out by the center. Exactly. But, All right. Uh, yeah. I, anything else you want to talk about? Multiple cubes? cubes? Yeah, multiple cubes in the same body. Like, that's yeah. a big one, right? Because, yeah. like, unlike, unlike Spider Infected and Montessi, where you literally need that many bodies to get that many points, like this, you can, you can just load people up. And sometimes when you get into the mid to late game, that, that daze becomes a lot less of a, a problem for you. So, like, uh, the, the Fury Grunts are a really clear example of this, where you can just pop in and grab multiple cubes on them. They're, you know, definitely going to daze, but maybe it doesn't really matter so much. And when they drop them, you control the drops. So that can be absolutely huge. Uh, another one, like Hulk, Thanos, anybody with a large health pool can be uh, particularly strong on this, especially in the late game, if they've uh, managed to stay fairly healthy through the game and keep yeah. the damage off of them, or, like... Uh, if you're running somebody like Hood, that's another one where you can just kind of stack multiple cubes on a big body and then heal the damage off turn after turn. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Cubes is great. I think like all of these core crises are just super good for the game um, in general. Like they're they're fun. They're simple. They're not like wacky senators yeah. or <laughs> legacy yeah, virus. They're, they're- they're not focused, right? So, like, yeah. you can play with all the course gears. And, like, so part of what I was hoping to accomplish here, and I, I hope we did over the course of the series, is is basically just kind of outlining that if you're not sure what your team is good at, if you're approaching the game and you're like, I really want to take this team of people, but I'm not sure what they're good at, run them with the core crises, and you'll kind of figure out what what you think this team is good at. Because Deadly Meteors is very different from Infinity Formula or Extremis consoles. And the scroll is very different from Spider Infected and Cubes. I find that like Spider Infected and Cubes paired with a Hammers is a really interesting you know, triple threat. Because a lot of the same principles that apply to Spider Infected and Cubes also apply to Hammers. Right? So Hammers is more of a parody crisis in a lot of cases, at least if your opponent's playing it. I don't know, quote unquote correctly, right? Where I grab my hammer on one side, you grab your hammer on the other, and then we grab our home hammers at some point when it feels convenient. So you've got that same kind of center line play where you're trying to either get to a safe place to pick up that hammer and then get back to safety, or you're starting from a flexible position like an Angela uh, lined up kind of centrally where she can grab either of those side hammers. That's a very similar setup, a very similar team construction can excel at hammers as does on spider infected and cubes. Whereas the scroll is completely different. If you're playing something like the scroll, you want to have something like the Cree core in your back pocket to basically kind of double down on a similar style of crisis or a similar style of extract. Yeah. And then the same thing with the, the secures where like infinity and extremis kind of pair together a little bit better than deadly meteors does. Deadly meteors is kind of the outlier. That's more of like this, this flip secure style versus the stand around style. So I think you can get a good feel for what you're good at. There's a good spread of shapes. There's a good spread of, you know, different interactions on the crises. And then the only thing you're missing then is this, this E shape thing. Yeah. So I think the funnest thing or the most fun, cause the funnest is not 
grammatically correct. Um, <laughs> the funnerist. The funnerist. <laughs> the most fun thing when it comes to like this whole entire last, what, five episodes has been like yeah. the realization from ourselves of like, wow, like, like, you know, maybe riots actually should be in my roster. Maybe riots is the most fair. And when I'm on that last slot, I just throw yeah. riots in my list because riots is going to be the one where I'm not going to be advantaged too much. And my opponent's not going to be advantaged too much. It's just going to be who plays better MCP on this secure. Um, or we talk about, we yeah. talk about what we talk about with uh hyper. We talk about uh spider infected. Yeah. And like we came to a disagreement, but I still think spider infected might be one of the more fair ones. Um, I forgot. What, what was he saying? What was, what was, random. What was he uh, saying? I think, yeah, I think you won him over on Spider Infected. I think it was Infinity versus Extreme. Oh, that's right. That, that's uh, that's where that's where the, it was the points were not as salient yeah. as they were the first time you ran through the argument. I mean, on the episode is where it matters. Me trying to convince Hyper that's right. something is a fool's errand to begin with. <laughs> uh, hey, you got him on Spider. I got him on Spider. So I mean, and I, I think Spider Infected is very fair. I think anything that has an RNG element to it is kind of inherently fair, especially yeah. when it's more of the the coin flip style. Than you know, the the twenty five percent or less style. No, back to back to Spider Infected real quick though, because I see a lot of people mm-hmm. talking about Malekith on Spider Infected and how oh Malekith doesn't want to see Spider Infected. I think Malekith doesn't care. Like, I think Secures is where Malekith cares. Extracts. I think Malekith is like fifty percent, like he's fifty fifty or above on any of the extracts. I think there's one extract that he's like, this scares me. Um, one being because if spider infected go bad for your opponent, you're lining up six sick beams, bro. Um, <laughs> like, like you, you do though. Like you can be like, okay, well you were spread out and now you're not, and I have priority and now I'm just going to smash right. and beam your entire team. Um, and I've had games where that happens. So like, and then like, if you're running, even if you're running four wide, you're still picking up three spiders if you want. And Malekith doesn't mm-hmm. have to carry one or even Malekith carrying a spider doesn't, really matter all that much i, I don't think just let him back up for the charge right yeah he's he's still <laughs> up that Hold energy on. i'm watching a lot of dragon ball super with the wife lately so it's just like that's that's what it is it's the power up the the 20 minutes of the episode where they're powering up so <gasps> i mean to be fair super isn't as bad as like old dragon ball z used to be where it'd be like three episodes of them powering up <laughs> oh man i love dragon ball though it's been a good time we've been watching that so it's been exciting all right, That's you ready fine. to talk about your sales pitch of the week? Oh, yeah, sales pitch of the week. All right, so I guess that concludes our crisis segment. <laughs> Juma says... Someday we'll come back around to ease. To, uh, to ease. I, don't, I don't think it'll be that long before we get back to it. I just think we, we should we should get into some theory next week because I, I love theory conversations. Let's, let's do some theory. Yeah, theory's fun. Juma uh, says Super had a lot of filler, though. It does, but like the whole entire Frieza saga for Super is kind of pointless. Like... Why, like, how is, like, and the wife talked about this later, because we were watching the Frieza Saga part the other day, and she was like, how is Goku gonna go hand-to-hand with Beerus? Spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, <laughs> how is Goku gonna go uh, hand-to-hand with Beerus, and then, like, not be able to, like, just beat the crap out of Frieza? I don't care if he's golden form or not. Like, how is he gonna go hand-to-hand, neck-to-neck, toe-to-toe with Beerus, and then, like, say, oh, I've achieved the Super Saiyan God level on my own. That's what the Super Saiyan Blue is. But then, like, 
can barely hold its own against Frieza in a golden form. So are you trying to tell me that Golden Frieza is like almost like as powerful as like be able to go toe to toe with Beerus on a small scale? Like <laughs> we are both wearing Spider Man shirts. <laughs> no, we we just no. There was there was nothing. <laughs> Frieza trained for four months, bruh. Frieza trained for four months. That's enough to make him a god level. All right, that's was enough. it a montage? Was it a montage? No, you don't. I, get, it was I guess a montage, then. you you only get to see like Frieza beating the crap out of like one dude over and over again. It's not really a montage. It's <laughs> uh, more of a montage of Goku and Vegeta training. Enough. But anyways, uh, one episode you guys sent out a memo for dress code for you tonight. Both of you are wearing Spidey shirts. No, it's just it's just. I I think I have more Spider Man shirts than any other shirt. I have one Spider Man shirt, and I decided to wear it today. I had it on all day. So yeah, I I so this is like my only like like my. Spider-Man shirt where it's just like just him. <laughs> but I think all my other like Marvel shirts for the majority like have Spider-Man in there somewhere. I used to have a really like it was like a classic X-Men shirt with like the 90s cartoon characters and I can't find it for the like the life of me. Cannot find it. I'm so <sighs> sad. Sucks. It's one of my favorite shirts. Um I need to get more Marvel shirts though to be completely honest. I I used to, I, I I need to get more Marvel shirts. I I went we went to the stores today. <laughs> Are you taking notes? <laughs> um, we went to the store today and uh, like I saw a bunch of them and I was like, man, either I'm getting fat or shy- sizes are changing because I can't find a shirt that fits me no more. <laughs> or everybody's just every, everybody's large nowadays because like I could not find a large to save my life. And I was just like, man, I you got to get that extra medium. I need that husky. Give me that. Whatever happened? <laughs> whatever happened to husky size? Like you go to the store, you don't see husky no more. Like, is that too offensive? Is that what it is? It might be. It might be. I don't know. I could see that. I was never offended by husky. I no. wore a lot of husky clothes yeah. as a kid. I'd still wear them if it said husky on it. Yeah, growing up, I wore I wore a medium husky growing up as a kid, and I was like, yeah, I'm a husky. That's right. Dog. Right. Exactly. Like, it, was a, it was a point of pride. Like, that's America. Wear your culture gear. Omnis. So. Omnis, oh, so one absolutely says Warrior Culture Gear. If anybody's interested, Warrior Culture Gear has great ones. Uh, hashtag not affiliated, not sponsored. Uh, <laughs> Warrior Culture Gear has great ones. If you don't mind waiting, great feel and designs. I'll have to look that up. But Omnis sent me one a cable, and I forgot to buy it when they had a sale. And I need to go find that link uh, again so I can buy it because he's like, you need this shirt. And I completely forgot <laughs> to get it when he sent it to me. He's like, dude, you got like 20 minutes for the sale to be over. And I was like, I got this, and then I think I was watching a movie with the wife, and I completely forgot to buy it or something like that. But man, yeah, I, I love Marvel shirts; they're the best shirts anybody can get. All right, let's get back on with the show. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, sales pitch of the week. What do you got? I'm doing She-Hulk this week. Okay. I uh, She-Hulk's She-Hulk's my girl right now, kind of. And uh, so why don't you just take A Force and Nova? Do it. I've just, thought about just, it. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I'm not ready for it. I don't know. I'm just. I'm so indecisive about this. This Nova Rush. All right, all right. I have one solution for you. Here's what you're gonna do. Is it midnight? Does it involve Midnight Suns? It can potentially. <laughs> you're gonna do the old Rosane, and you're gonna get a rock tumbler. <laughs> no. And whatever spits out, you're gonna do. Yeah, this is not fun. I mean, I could. I could do that if like. I just put characters that I liked in there. Yeah. Had enough affiliated, like cross affiliation models, but she Hulk, she Hulk is unfortunately maligned. I remember when she was first spoiled, everybody was like, this is fixed Hulk. Like she's amazing. 
what could you know possibly go wrong with this? And I gotta say, sensational uppercut with superior weight training Amazing. is fantastic. It's like the bigger they are, the harder they fall. It is so much fun to roll a bucket of dice at something and see what happens. The slow is automatic, so you're always getting the slow on there. And uh, I mean, it's not that hard to get a refund on it. I find that there's like later in the game, there's plenty of times where I'll just use superior weight training on a size two model just to roll two extra dice for three power because who cares? It's fine. She's got a size four throw medium, which is fantastic. That's just about the best throw in the game. It's a little pricey at three, but at the same time, if you're running her in uh, her own leadership, she makes power very, very quickly. Uh, the uh, She's got a bodyguard. She's a 20 health bodyguard. So, I mean, you got to be a little careful with her because she does burn down like a Hulk, right? She doesn't have a flip side. But uh, at the same time, that's 20 health that somebody has to chew through that's not hitting whoever your objective holder is. I like to run her with her cousin. I like to run double hulks. Double hulks is a very fun list. So it's triple hulks. Agents of Smash. Man, there's so much size 5 terrain out there now. <laughs> there's this Sanctorum on every table. Like, don't, you don't want to play with that thing on the table. Get it off of there. Run double hulks. Run Agents of Smash. Get rid of that size 5. Superior weight training is amazing against Mal. The slow is amazing against Mal. The defense rest is maybe sometimes a little bit of a trap, but if you've got the power to burn, why not do it? And, uh, is that the one that stires I, I, them I, if they're slowed already? If they're slowed already, yeah. So if you've got the, the opportunity and you've got, say, eight power, drop an automatic slow on them, drop, and it's like you do have to deal damage, right, with the, the defense rests. So you can't really defense rests with superior weight training and throw unless you've got a an attack that you do in between the superior weight training and the throw. So maybe if they're already slowed. But She-Hulk is fun. She's immune to poison. And uh, she's got four energy defense, which I hear is kind of a cool thing to have these days. And that's that's yeah, about it for she might, might be uh, might double be aggressive. Double right? aggressive. So, like, she's she's a she's Avengers affiliated, so she can Avengers assemble. That's huge. She is Shield affiliated, which opens up some really interesting lines in Shield because she is already uh, effectively aggressive, right? Because her her gamma transfusion gives her the equivalent of aggressive, and then you've got the leadership aggressive if you're tied or ahead on points. Uh, so you can do some really cool, like, triangulated aggressive moves where you move one direction and then aggressive back in a different direction to get yourself onto a point that you got pushed off of or something else. And uh, she's A-Force affiliated, and her leadership is it's fantastic. It makes Akwe viable again, and Akwe is a really scary model when she's viable because the only way that you're going to ever kill Akwe is with a bucket full of dice or to be outside of range, too. Yeah. Anna? There's, there's your pitch for She-Hulk. There we go. All right, Hobby Corner. Uh, Accountability Club is due in less than an hour and a half. Right? That's right. Well, I mean, for East Coast people, right? Yeah. If you're on the West Coast, you got a few more hours. But by the time you hear this, if you're not watching it live, it's uh, it's probably too late. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, I know I'm good because everybody's seen my Malekith and everybody saw my Strange. You did specifically. <laughs> yeah. I got uh, I got the stripes I got the stripes on the tiger tail so uh, I think I'm good for Malekith and uh, we'll see I got 90 minutes before I got to go pick up my brother so I might be able to get Clea done. There you go. <laughs> just, 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 you know, have you ever heard of this thing called the dip method? <laughs> I mean, honestly, for Clea, I'm just like looking for like some silver hair and uh, some but, some. But no, have you have you heard pale of the skin? Have, I'm gonna call her done. Have you heard of the dip method? 
I have heard of the dip method, but I don't know how to do it like outside, like doing like stormtroopers or something like that. Where I, I just... have like this crazy notion in my head where I, I just want to like Zenithal Prime like stuff mm-hmm. and then do the dip method and just make a whole entire like list like monochrome. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, it's just YouTube like miniature painting dip method. It's so stupid. Like literally you get a can of like basically paint stain. Like 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 stain for wood. It's basically wood stain. Is like basically the equivalent of it. And you literally get a drill, like an electric drill, and you attach like this thing to it that's gonna have a contraption that's gonna hold your miniature at the end of it. And you <laughs> you dip them in this basically wood stain. Like Army Painter has like one for dipping. Like it actually like it's it's called like the dip can or something like that. And you literally dip them in this stuff that's basically method like it's basically wood stain and then you put it into like a box and you turn the drill on and spins them around and it shakes all the like the loose stain off and then it's done <laughs> and like, you're just painted uh shuma it's an old method for doing an entire skeleton army in like under an hour yeah that's basically what it is it's actually it's actually yeah. really kind of cool work. for like doing like monochrome stuff it, i like it, it's i've always wanted to do it but i've never i have a can of dip um <laughs> like army painter quick dip I think, it, I think it was called army painter quick dip i guess what it was uh i have a, a can of it just sitting over there in the corner and it's never been used because i never found something that i was like yeah i'm gonna do it on this let's do it um but man i've always wanted to do like a monochrome army or something if i ever got into legion i'd probably do that with a stormtrooper just do a monochrome quick dip yeah that's fun <laughs> It's just funny because you you have to like build like a contraption to put them on the end of an electric drill that's not going to break your model. <laughs> <laughs> it's as much work as painting. Yeah, fantastic. All right, uh, challenge of the week. What do we want to do this week? Um, I put myself as the challenge of the week. Hypervibe is not here, and I completely forgot about picking something. You know what? Give me Midnight Suns using cable because I actually think. Midnight Suns might be the one place Cable performs. Hear me out. Sales pitch of the week, part two. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> cable actually kind of likes the bump because on like let's say like something like hammers, you could like bump for one, pick up the hammer for your other one, and then you're able to like hit past the mid range because he's range five and a medium base. You're able to hit past mid range on a C with his gun with six dice, which is not terrible and then like he's kind of good there and then you can have cable shields but him with bump is kind of interesting i I'm, I'm actually this is like where the whole x-force midnight suns thing came from so let's let's see your guys's um midnight suns using cable let's go for it all right all right listener questions we have oh. all right maybe maybe we should have done cubes uh anyways <laughs> Um, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We go. We go past an hour and a half all the time nowadays. I don't. We 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 never follow a time structure. <laughs> if anybody what, ever thinks that, time? I'm sorry. What is time? All right, Ronald the Accuser. For Sam, will you continue running Ooh. Asgard in your upcoming events? Is there anything that stood out to you that was a constant problem during NashCon? Games going longer than four turns. <laughs> Uh, I like Asgard. I still think that Asgard's good in the meta. Um, I do kind of like, I, I want to move on because, like I've said before, Asgard's kind of the place I, I like to go back to. Um, I, your, I prefer to hang your, out on Midgard. It's your palate cleanser. 
it's it's my comfy place. Yeah, like it's just it just feels good. Like Thor was my Thor was my guy when I was a kid. So whenever I get to you know kind of go back and do that, yeah, uh, I enjoy it. So uh, I, I will continue to run them, but I'm probably not running them at Nova. But I mean. I say that, but there's you don't know so, what you're running in Nova. I'm trying. I to, don't exactly. I'm, I'm literally trying to convince you of like three different lists. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, it probably starts with an A, B, or C. For what that's worth. <laughs> a, B, Not or C. Not an M. What's the, what's the C? Oh, convocation. So yeah, what, or Aven- Cabal. Avengers, like, Black Order, convocation, Cabal. Oh no, I don't have a problem with Avengers. I just don't really want to play them. Oh, like, A Force. A force, yeah. yeah. Do A force. I want to see some A force representation, and I think Quig, Quig would love you. <laughs> you know, I, I can't well, say the me. best. The best part is, is like I can't say Craig. I have to say Quig. Um, <laughs> I feel like, uh, like like is is Quig like our unofficial mascot? We we appreciate him. We appreciate Quig. I can't take Shield Matt because. <laughs> Every time I put Nick Fury on the board, he gets one less whatever it is than he needs. One less block, <laughs> one less damage, one less everything, no matter what. Every single time he rolls dice, one less that I need him to do. And until Fury Senior comes out, until I get to, yeah. to hassle people with the I think, Hoff, like, I think I'm, I'm not as excited about S.H.I.E.L.D. I think Fury Senior changes S.H.I.E.L.D. a lot. Uh, we have Shuma saying for the 50% of the meta at Nova, that's going to be Malekith. A4 is going to be a heads up move. <laughs> um, I... Okay, hot take. Hot take real quick. I'm taking this right here, okay? Hot take. I think people are going to see this ruling clarification and, like, back off of Malekith. I don't know, and I don't know why. I just, I feel like a lot of people that are, like, like, I'm going to take Malekith and I'm going to do really well at Nova. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, Malekith isn't going to my list anymore because now he's not doing insane things like he was before. When I don't think the ruling really changes anything. But I could, I could see it. I could actually see it where it's like a majority yeah. of people are going to be like, I had Malekith in here as a splash. He no longer is because he's not going to be doing the insane things he was before. When I think he's still going to be doing insane things. Just his, <laughs> his, this is floor versus ceiling talk. His ceilings went from like a 15 foot high ceiling down to a standard yeah. building construction code nine feet Mm-mm. no it's it's still a high ceiling it just has a chandelier now oh. like, <laughs> like if you're really really tall and you jump off a chair or a table you might hit your head on the chandelier Fair. but I, Fair. I think otherwise you're i fine. i don't know i i i don't think i don't think the ruling changes malekith really at all um but i i could honestly see like people saying like oh it's it's the whole miniature wargaming. Something changed about this character. It is now nerfed, and it's not as good as it once was. So I'm not taking it. Um, that's there is that. That's definitely gamer culture, right? Yeah, there. definitely. Yeah. All right. Uh, you answered. Is there anything that stood out to you at NashCon? That was the anything that goes louder than four rounds. Um, so single extracts are very hard for Asgard. Uh, in my opinion, even though you're you're packing, I, I, I was packing enchanters in that in that list. Yeah, um, because you're running flip secures and you're not running single extracts. When you get stuck on a flip secure against stuck on a when you get handed your secures and they pick single extracts, it can be kind of difficult because those are two very different teams for the Asgard roster. The way that I was running it, 
Um, I think that for the most part, you want a fast scoring extract and then you'll play on whatever secures. Um, or you want to be on your flip secures with a faster-ish scoring, like just not not the single extracts yeah. on the other side of the table if possible. Absolutely. So I, I think that that's, that's a rough spot for Asgard because they're very different teams and Enchantress has no game on the flips. Fair. She's not who you want to bring yeah. to those teams. Uh, but you know who you do want to bring and probably should be like the most splash character in the game? Mm. Hot take. Blade? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I was feeling a theme from earlier. Oh, fair enough. Blade. Blade. Blade's, Blade's the most splash character in the game, and I don't know why he's not. Um, no, to Mal- be com- Malika? To be com- no, get out of here. Um, to be completely honest, like I think one of the most easily splashed characters who isn't as splashed as they should be. One absolute, Matt says Hulk. I say no. Like Hulk should absolutely be splashed more than he is. But Mystique with Deception. Mystique, Mystique with Deception. Ah, like, uh, that's fair. Yeah, Mystique's like, very good. Like I honestly think Mystique. Like I don't see why she's not in like sixty, maybe even seventy-five percent plus lists in like a competitive scene. Because one, she turns off any defensive tech when it really comes down to it. There's very few defensive tech that she doesn't turn off. If you have an issue yeah. with Voodoo, take Mystique because Mystique just murders Voodoo if he doesn't have Daniel on him and he can't pull it back. Yep. Like Loki too. Yeah, Loki. If you have an issue with Loki in your current meta, run Mystique because she just murders him. Um, like Mystique, like yeah. is just such a good character. I'm finding it so hard to not put her in any list that I build. And then deception means if you're running a C shape extract, whoever grabs something on the C, like they're not long for the world is the easiest way yeah. to put this. Um, deception is free. Yeah. And it is not required to be played on such a good activation. Card. Such a good card. Ridiculous. Yeah. That card should literally be on Mystique's activation at the bare minimum or cost probably. Something. Like, like the stupid things you could do with that card. Yeah. But no, to be completely honest, I actually think Mystique is probably like the missed golden child for the longest time. She hasn't changed. She hasn't changed since she's been out. But she yeah. does so much to, to the game state. All right. Sorry. Let me get off my soapbox. We have a question from That's a fair. goose. Uh, do you, oh, sorry, sorry. Next question from Ronald the Accuser. Everyone seems to be on opposite spectrums on if Malekith is either broken or terrible. Where do you guys stand? <laughs> Um, so broken. I don't think I've ever seen somebody say Malekith is terrible. Um, I've definitely seen people say he's broken. That's probably like 80% of the community. I will say Malekith. And I, I think like, to be completely honest, I think Sploosh makes like the best point that I've seen, like in these discussions. And that is Malekith is seventh threat and he is a true seventh threat. And it begs the question, like, is seventh threat too much? I think that's the real question we need to be asking, which I don't think it is. It's just people need to learn how to like deal with seventh threat and like having like an actual seventh threat in the game. Because if Malekith is seventh threat coming into the game now, you better be sure we're going to see more eventually. Like it's going to happen. Like it's not going to be like left and right. We're going to see like four more seventh threats come <laughs> in the thing. It says like, I think Mal actually represents seventh threat extremely well. Um, I don't. I don't really think he's broken. I think he's. Def- I think 
Because like a lot of people talk about like the point scale with MCP, where I have like Rogue is like a four point seven, and Voodoo's like a four point <laughs> nine. Like Malekith, in my opinion, is probably a seven point eight. Um, he's very high end seven threat, and he's he's gonna earn his he's gonna earn his keep. Um, but that's like the biggest like thing that developers probably had like the biggest thing like the issue with is like how do we make this person come out and feel like they're worth the threat. And not end up like Dormammu, where people are like, "This person's not worth a threat." <laughs> you, but, uh, tell me, I, still, tell me, tell I me just want to know. I want to know what they owed this guy. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I don't. I don't so, know. I don't think he's broken. No. I don't think that he's he's trash either. I think that he's a very very powerful character. I think that you really should consider bringing tools to attempt to mitigate him. I think that Asgard has some of those tools. I think that uh, everybody, okay. Exceptional okay. healing I'm, is another I'm, one. And then there's no you, tactics cards. I, yeah. Oh man, this, this conversation frustrates me so much. I ain't gonna lie. Like I'm gonna, this hour is already, this episode's already at an hour and 40, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give me, give me Let's one minute. Go. Give me one minute right here. Okay. I strongly think 95% of lists Already had all the tools you need to deal with Malekith. You have. I don't disagree with you. I, but, I think, but I think nobody right. else does. I'm not, nobody I'm not else cut you does. <laughs> Everybody so, I say this to you is like, but I had to change my list so much. It's like, did you really no, though? Did you no. really? You had to change your list so much for Black Order. Yes. And then you had like, and then like all of those tools worked against like all of the other attrition in the environment. Yes. And now Mal's just the newest. He and then Juggernaut, right? And yeah. now you had to like. Maybe you had to find a size four throw for Juggernaut, but like if you were tech for Black Order and you then like you were ready Malekith. for like the next wave, if you were tech for Juggernaut, like you're still tech for Malekith. Yeah, like, it's, it's the it's, same it's not... answer. It's okay. Shuma said yeah. I had to swap out half my list, but Shuma, that's because you're playing Dormammu. Uh, that's a completely different <laughs> like situation in all of itself. I'm not downing you for playing Dormammu, but like I, 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 you are literally that five percent that I'm talking about, like. I'd even go to say that ninety percent of lists that people are playing in the game have tech to beat um, Fire Skull Man for Life. <laughs> uh, but I, I would, I would say ninety percent. I would say ninety percent of lists that people were playing competitively in this game were already tech for Malekith. You have people playing Heroes for Hire. You have people playing Bodyguards. You have people playing Root. You have people playing um, any type of redirection of attack. You have people playing at least one character with Stagger across their game. Almost every list had Black Cat for a while. Like, you see all these different tools that people are talking about, and you already had them in your list. They were already there. They were primed and ready for you to go against Malekith. So people saying that I need to change my list 100% or even 50%, except for Shima because he's playing Dormammu. Um, <laughs> like, I, I still strongly believe that 90% of people already had the tools to defeat Malekith. They just had to apply them differently. They had to think about the game differently. And Shik actually said during a painting stream, I think it was two weeks ago now, it's our last week or two weeks ago, that... There's because somebody asked a question about releases and something on those lines, and I'm 100% paraphrasing. And that is like he said something along the lines of we bring characters into the game to create a puzzle for the players to solve. Um, it's about like, like what type of game would it be if it's literally I'm gonna release Malekith? Malekith is basically yeah. Hulk reskinned, 
like where's the fun in that like where is like bringing the innovation into the game where is the bringing the different maneuvers and different tactics and making the game wider instead of single-minded and tunnel vision like i think malekith is great for the game I think Malekith is like 100% great for the game because of that fact that he's making us have these conversations and think and talk. Um, but it's like, it's upon us as a community to actually discuss. And that is where like people say Malekith is toxic for the game. I 100% disagree with that. I 100% think that the conversations about Malekith are toxic for the game. We need to have a different mindset yeah. to where we're coming together and being like, look, let's do it this way. Let's try this. Though so that didn't work for you. Cool. Well, I did this and I actually won my game against Malekith. Like, let's have constructiveness instead of destructiveness. Cause that is what de- that, that is literally what kills a game is finding one thing that everybody hates and then complaining about it yeah. and not doing anything about it. Like instead of like, you gotta, you gotta, can't beat them, join them. Like, that's not the answer here. It really isn't. I don't think Malekith fits in every single list. I don't think he's gonna kill the game. If anything ever, like, came that close to being that detrimental for the game, it's literally, like, the conversations that I've seen. And it, it honestly is super upsetting for me. And I'm kind of going on, like, on a super tangent now. But it's like, <laughs> I, I, like, we need to just be better as, like, a community and people. Like, don't, shit on somebody for having a positive opinion don't shit on somebody for literally like like i did this and it worked well that doesn't work for me well maybe you didn't play the exact same way that i did or dice just happened to dice like it's mcp dice are gonna dice so like let's come together as a community and solve the puzzle instead of like hating each other and i'll be damned if i see someone like go and say you only won this tournament because you played Malekith. Like I've seen similar comments to that. I've seen different things. Like let's be positive and building as a community because that is what builds games and keeps them going. If we love this game of MCP, let's be constructive, not destructive. This has been my take. It's talk. okay to play fun things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> play with fun things because they're fun. Like the things I feel bad about with Malekith are like uh, Magneto is a great yep. example, right? That ferocity just chews right through. I, so, you know, it's not it's not answered yet, or at least it wasn't last time I checked. Like, there is no clarity on whether or not ferocity just goes straight through uh, Magneto's force projection. But it does look like it does, because it's the ferocity doing the yep. throw. And that's rough, right? Because now we've got a seventh threat who's basically turned off a sixth threat. And that is a... That's a feel that, bad. That's a little extreme, in my opinion. Uh, other than that, I, I think that he's largely fine. Like I've I've heard I've heard it talked about that he you should be able to to reroll dice into him because that's like some people's answer, some affiliations' answer to Malekith. But I, I really think that the answers to Malekith are making his actions less effective, yes, a lot more than they are dishing damage into him to get him off the table. Your yeah. escort to safeties, <laughs> your, your your ghost spider, okay, you know, so- like just make it so he's not hitting who he wants or he's not getting the ferocity trigger. Well, it's like, I, I keep, I, I don't want to like, I, I do want to talk about this because that's like been like bothering me recently to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> what do you play a bunch of Mal or something? Yeah, I play a bunch of Mal. <laughs> um, but like, like, let's, let's real talk. There are at most 12 actions in this game for Malekith. Now, one of those actions for the very beginning of the game has to be a move unless you're taking skull or some other shenanigan. But the average Mal player isn't doing that. Like I've seen, I see people talk about Malekith all the time, and so 
the most actions we'll get is 11. The 11 attacks across the entire game, and that's if he's able to charge every single round. Now, if you're playing Malakith, the game is more often than not over by round four or five. Let's just say five. Um, if it's five, that now means he has nine actions that are going to be attacks. You stagger him once, that's now eight actions. You you redirect an attack, it's now seven actually actionable actions. Um like and that's that's you really see like how it starts to build it up. If you can stagger Mal two times, that means that he's only making seven attacks across the game. Seven attacks across yep. the game is much easier to stomach than saying Mal killed three characters. More often than not, in my games of playing Malekith, it's not Mal who's doing the majority of the killing. It's something like Modok. Like, Mal's just there, and he's being scary. Like, Malekith is not yeah. the one running the game. It's usually somebody else in the roster who's the MVP of that game. Like, he's just there being a big, scary threat. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's how I run Thor when I play Asgard. I, yeah. I rarely ever want to put, a, put anything on him, so he's not... He's there to disrupt my opponent a lot more than he's there to try to score me points. You know, because I feel like if you if you rely on these models that roll dice to like basically win you the game, I think you're in a much rougher situation than just using him as massive disruption pieces. And and Malekith is is a premier disruption piece yeah. in that respect because all of those actions are going to be quality. But if you you know, keep doing that math, right? Like let's say that he gets basically seven attacks over the course of a game. He gets seven attacks over the course of a game. He's going to daze three models. He's going to daze and KO three models if, and maybe daze if, one more. If all of if, those dice right. are yeah. average to above average, which is MCP, yep. so you can bank on at least one of those whiffing, which means... Yep. Like just, one of those is going to do like 14 and one of them is going to do three. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> Without a pierce. So if you look at that, Malekith taking out like daze slash KO, not KO, like that's the biggest, the biggest like determining thing here is days slash KO three yeah. to four models out of your list right. of running five to six models. Because if you're going yep. into Malekith, more throw, often than not, you're running wider than Malekith is. So it's like... You throw an escort to safety in there, you throw an exceptional healing in there. Eye and, in the sky now, if you're playing Fury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gwyn, yep. Lifesaver. Yep, Loki Trickster. You know, like... Or I, yeah, Trickster is one that gets away. Quicksilver even. Like, if you can just, just get out of that range two attack and now sometimes terrain's going to be a problem but like now we're getting back into talking about like what makes this game great positioning is very important Absolutely. in this game malekith's no different he's just got a very wide range and that wide range is scary and i don't think that there's any problem saying that malekith is an amazing model like he is a seven threat model he's doing seven threat worth of nonsense on the board yep i don't think that it's healthy to just just write off the game because Malekith exists. I don't think that it's it's okay to write off people playing Malekith as as it. That, I've said this in a lot of places, usually privately. I don't know if I've said it this publicly, but if you win with Malekith, it's really hard for your opponent to have a takeaway that isn't dice in a lot of cases, yep. unless they are very connected to the game and you know very interested in, in trying to defeat Malekith. So if we have this dismissive attitude, the only thing that's ever going to happen is you're going to walk up to the table, you're going to dice somebody off the board and they're going to walk away and they're going to, you know, whinge about dice and have a terrible taste in their mouth. Cause really they, they missed an opportunity to, to try and get better. And if they beat you, if you happen to lose with Malekith, which, you know, believe it or not happens plenty of times, 
right? <laughs> if they beat you, they are a brilliant genius hero for what that they did to, to take your broken model off the table. And I just don't think that that extreme split is, is a healthy mindset. So that kind of goes back to what Dizzer was saying about, you know, we need to have better conversations about this. And some of those conversations start at the table. Yeah. And, and like, and just how you approach it. So like, I will say, like, I, I will 100% say like Mal is probably overpowered. Like, I'm not going to deny that at all. Like, he does a lot of work. But he doesn't like it doesn't deserve us tearing it at each other. Like I've seen comments of like someone saying like, oh, I'm not voting for that model in a best painted contest because it's Malekith. Like, how fucked up is that? Like a person put work into painting Malekith. <laughs> that is messed up. And then somebody says, I'm not gonna vote for that model regardless of how good it is because of its Malekith. Like Mal, Mal should really be in a separate category for painting competitions in my opinion. Like, I'm submitting just not belong next I'm, to like your beautiful <laughs> near metallic metal corset Iron Man. You know, like, they're just not the same model. I'm, I'm gonna submit. I'm gonna submit um, Malekith in for um, uh, Nova's competition though. Uh, Shima says, "See, I'm you not should. voting for him in a best painting because he's not lizard." See, that's that's fair. Okay, whatever. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I also think that there's humor in this that like might 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 get lost sometimes yeah. in these kind of situations because we are playing a zero sum game. Whether you're in a painting competition or you're you're just playing competitive Marvel Crisis Protocol, there is a winner and there is a loser. Sometimes there is one winner and lots of losers. Sometimes there is one winner, one loser. Like there's like really never more than one winner <laughs> unless we're playing teams or you know something uh, cooperative, right? Like an ultimate encounter. Yeah. So. In all of those cases, there are lots of opportunities for for temperatures to, to run hot. But at the same time, there are lots of opportunities for jokes, and we are a pretty jokey group yeah. as as a as a group of individuals. And so there are times where maybe those jokes fall flat. There are times when maybe that it was too soon or too strong to to make that joke when you did. So, like you can say something flippant, like "I'm not going to vote for that guy because it's Malekith," and like maybe you know. Y- y- you and your boys get a good chuckle out of that. But at the same time, like you're not really doing anything positive for the community. Yes. Like there's, there's a story going around on the internet. I don't remember exactly who it was, but like, basically like guy won a tournament with Malekith and he got booed, you know? And it's like, I can see that being absolutely hilarious in the moment for almost everyone else. But at the same time, well, it super feels bad yeah. for like the guy that like, you didn't I mean, just show up with Mal and win. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you put effort into the game, you put effort into your list. Like maybe you didn't, you know, put in a bazillion reps or something like that. that have been out for only a couple of weeks. So like, I just think that <laughs> good I humor mean, is good humor and that's fun it's, for everybody. But it's also like, some jokes fall flat. it's also mentally like debilitating. Like, like me personally, yeah. like I've put, like I have put so much work into my Malekith list where if like that happened yeah. to me like let's say we go to nova and if i won nova with malekith and it's like boo you played malekith like somebody thinks it's funny what's the difference between that and somebody bullying a kid at like elementary school like it's that's it's literally mentally demeaning and like like yep. we're here we're all here playing a game we're all here to enjoy the game like why can't we just like hey you want to play malekith cool like it's part yeah. of the game i don't know like i understand like the feels bads and I've I've talked with multiple people across like different platforms of like I understand that like, Malekith can be a feels bad like but you also have to have that conversation like let's discuss like I'm at a casual game night yeah I don't feel right. like playing Malekith cool I'm not gonna play Malekith with you I understand you don't want to feel this game like but how about we play Malekith and I help you beat Malekith like let's have that conversation like right. have your person at your local it. game store who is championing Malekith 
and like walk through what they don't want to see happen at that round. Like, well, in my head, I really don't want you to do this. And like, oh, I didn't even think about that line. Like, right. Like, let's work as your local community at how to beat Malekith by actually talking and like going through those talking points of a game instead of just trashing each other with Malekith or B, just dismissing the person playing Malekith altogether because like, put yourself in that person's yeah. shoes. Like, and to be completely honest, I was like, it's so fucked up to think that somebody got booed off of like, hey, you won with Malekith. Like, you put a model down on the table and you put zero work into it. Like, that's not the case at all. Like, I've literally put like... Never is. I, I think at this point, I'm at like 90-something games with Malekith over, since his card was spoiled. Like, you can't tell me I didn't that, put the work in to try and optimize this list to the max. They they gave us this. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. something that the game gave us. So, like, there shouldn't be any stigma with playing it. I do agree that, like, if you're, like, just having a fun, casual night with, you know, beer and pretzels MCP or whatever you want to call it, like, having an open dialogue is a lot better than just dropping Malekith on the table and stomping somebody with it yep. that, that didn't want to do that in the first place. Like, all you all you did that game was test each other's patience. Like, that's not what i think we want to be doing but I, think- I love the idea of of talking through it and this is where i think having like a travel group where you're less concerned about beating each other yeah. regularly you're, you're learning the game from each other and with each other and then you're going to take that out somewhere else and surprise some people knock their socks off and beat their malachites i think if if you're still hanging out and you haven't turned us off yet because we're being egregious <laughs> and saying knock if it's fine for the game um i think the biggest like takeaway from malachite as a release in this game is like how we handle this type of thing as a community. Like, and that is like by far the biggest learning lesson that we can have as a community with this game is like stop tearing people up for playing Malekith, work together, actually communicate, and like build the game, not destroy it. Yep. And that is what we need to do as a community. And like, I know we've we kind of been like long winded on this, but like, I think it's a very important point. I really do. This probably should have been at the beginning of the podcast, not the end of it, when people could just like, ah, whatever. I don't want to hear people talk about Malekith for <laughs> 20 minutes. But I, I, I do think it's an important thing. I think it's an important thing for us to carry forward is, like, we see a character like this. Like, who knows? What if the Sentinels come out and they just completely change the game in another direction? Like, it's, it's how we take it as a community and what we do to build as a community instead of just rioting and destroying the game by having the conversations that I see. I'm I'm just I'm I'm literally just tired of seeing the conversations that I see because it's so negative. I don't I don't love the existence of power creep. Yeah. To some extent, every game suffers from it. I don't really even feel like Malekith is all that power creep. He's seventh threat. He is a seventh seven threat, threat character. <laughs> exactly. He's a printed seventh threat character. Maybe Dormammu was a bit of a miss at eight. Yeah. Like I, I like okay. Like regardless, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be having the conversation and, and trying to solve this way more than just, just fighting with each other about this thing is here. So Shuma, we're all listening a little before the real reason. <laughs> I actually think I strongly think that Hydra is going to make people wish Malekith was like the Medikeen again. Uh, like, so funny. <laughs> like Hydra's Hydra's fucking scary. Like Hydra scares me. Like I'm scared what they're going to do to this game. But again, it's going to come down to us as a community coming together and solving the Hydra meta. Hydra is going to like overcome the meta super hard. That's that's my prediction. All right, let's move on. We got like two more questions. Oh my goodness. Uh, right. I'm sorry. Uh, let's go ahead and do this other Malekith question real quick because I think we answered it already. Um, 
Big positive geek. Okay, so question here is Malekith being overhyped as the big baddie. His success is greatly impacted on how good his dice rolls are. And for a game which is already highly variable yes. where dice are concerned, is the sky falling for nothing? Quick answer, yes. Long answer, listen to the last 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. No, like he's, it's absolutely dice reliant. If dice has, if, if Malekith has bad dice for one of his actions, you just lost a three threat activation. If Malekith's dice are bad for his second activation, you just lost a three threat and a four threat worth of activation. So like he, yeah. like he is 100% dice reliant. The sky is not falling. Malekith is fine for the game. The community just has to have better conversations. That's all this is. To be clear, the fourth red activation is the one with the ferocity. Throw, true, right? True. That's yeah, the... yeah. <laughs> true. Okay. Switch the order around. All right. Yeah. Uh, we got laugh thirteen eighty eight. When are we getting a new crisis? Man, we don't develop the game. We don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. You're, no, we're just as far in the dark as you are, man. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I got it. Soon ish. <laughs> Soon TM. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, last one. A goose. Do you feel the gap between the best and the worst affiliation has widened in recent months? Best taken to mean wins most often against the competitive field. Worst taken to mean losses most often against the competitive field. So number one, um, our whole philosophy as a cast is anything can win competitively. So like to answer this question, like honestly, and within philosophy of the game, I don't really know. Like. Let's look at X-Force, for example. I think X-Force was actually severely hurt by the rotation. I, I really do. Um, they had I had something going with X-Force finally that was really good. However, uh, Ryan Farmer from the Strike Better Crawl podcast has a local who's doing extremely well with X-Force, and he's doing something that I did before the clapback list. Um, but he's doing it better than I did uh, because he's actually winning with it, and I was trash at it. Um, I, I don't want to like say like I was the genius that found it. Um, because like, I like somebody sent me his list and I was like, man, I used to run that. What is he doing differently than I did? Like, but that that comes down to play style of the game. Like, I'm going to play a list 100% different. Like I could give my Mal Cabal list to Sam and he's not going to have the same success or he'll have more success. Like he's not going to play it. I'll have different success. Different success. I'll have different success. That's the best way to play it. I'll play it differently. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like everybody has different success rates with the games. It doesn't matter like what affiliation you're playing. If you can go in and you can say, I'm going to play X-Force and I'm going to play the crap out of X-Force until I go and I win LVO with it, or I win NashCon with X-Force, then you're putting in the work. You're understanding the reps. You know, the matchups better than your opponent knows the matchups because that's what you need to do to play X-Force successfully. Um, Like you're putting in that work and you're understanding your play style and how it's gelling with that affiliation so, like, I don't really think that it's upon, like, best and worst affiliations, per se. Like, having a tier list of affiliations is kind of against the philosophy of the podcast and against the philosophy of, like, gaming all the general is, like, it's upon the players and what the players can do for that affiliation. Like, I played Shuma the other day. He's playing Dark Dimension. He plays Dark Dimension pretty well. Um, that local that I played Saturday, we were talking about Midnight Suns. He plays Midnight Suns. Like extremely well in the current meta, uh, Shuma says I love tier lists. So tier lists are fun, but that's what they—that's what they should be. They should be a fun thing within the game. They should be a fun thing within the community. You're like, oh, that's interesting. I completely disagree with that, but that's funny. That's a cool take. Um, that's often what comments on tier lists are. Is like I don't agree yeah. with you, but I'm glad you put this out for me to look at and stare at because I don't agree. Um, 
because everybody's perception of materialist is going to be completely subjective and can be completely reliant on their play style. Like I may think that Malekith is like the most splashable character in the game where Sam thinks, well, Malekith is like good, but he's not that good to where I want to take him in every single list. Like but, not everywhere, but that's how it is. Is like, it's completely subjective. So I think when you look at the gap between the best and worst affiliation has widened, like I could see that to a, like a point, but it's also still subjective because the best and worst affiliation in the game is completely subjective about the person who is talking. So if like me personally, I may think Avengers is the best affiliation in the game, but Sam thinks Black Order is the best affiliation in the game. So anytime we talk about this type of conversation, it is 100% subjective and there is no right or wrong answer. It's like the it's like whose line is it anyways? The points are made up and the rules don't matter. So it's like, like <laughs> we don't have enough data. I mean, There's not like, enough data to you, know. Like not our own personal experience, not like collected on I mean, Longshanks or anybody else's spreadsheet. Like there's not enough data to actually know what is actually really good. No. I think this game's got a lot of shuffle points. Yes. I think that every time a new model comes out, the the tier list or my personal perception of the games, you know, from a tier list lens shuffles around things change around i think that brotherhood just took a really big hit with malekith i think the brotherhood was very close to the top if not the top affiliation before this i think they had fantastic game into the field and you know between magneto just being able to delete just about whatever he wanted on a given turn uh to mystique's deception which we've talked about the you know dicey effectiveness of rogue and uh the the, the pure scoring potential of juggernaut i i think that, that brotherhood was in a really good spot and now maybe brotherhood's not in that same spot because malekith is making it so that magneto's effectiveness is toned way down but that doesn't even mean that brotherhood has fallen you know to the bottom i think that again it's a time to explore it's a time to, to figure out some new things and and see what options there are and i think that's you know at least as important as any other sort of you know differentiation between team a and team b i think that spider foes have a lot of four dice builders but you're not necessarily bringing spider foes to to actually you know drop damage into people you're trying to do other things and get key days at key moments and make people drop objectives and do other janky stuff like that so i think that there's a lot of room to explore in almost everything and for the most part nobody has put in enough time into anything to actually understand this game at that high a level. Yeah. Um, and I think with that, I think that'll be the end. Um, I'm, I'm, again, <laughs> I, I want to apologize because this is like a super long episode, but like no I, apologies, but, no regrets, but I feel we did it. I mean, it's over. I feel like, I feel like it was worthwhile <laughs> content. I feel like the conversation on Malekith is needed because I really am tired of just seeing like the destruction that I see, like the self implosion that is going on within different discords and then the Facebook groups like let's come yeah. together everybody let's let's come together it's rough peace the hardest thing <laughs> it, it, it's so much harder to get people interested in a game when they yeah. have a negative opinion about it before they've even played it because yeah. they heard somebody say it or they read something on facebook or like they were they were following something and now it's like oh don't don't you want to play do, do you still want to learn how to play mcp and like oh no i heard malika's broken like now like you've got to unpack an entire thing yeah so i more often than not, I think that it's it's definitely in our best interest to explore together. And, it, it, it just comes, come, it comes back to like a game's success is based off of yeah. the community behind it. And if its own community is destroying it by these conversations, then we're not going to have a game at one point. Like, 
Yep. A game is as strong as this community. So let's stick together. Let's beat Malekith together. Again, after Nova, I'm not playing Malekith anymore. So you guys can stop being scared. Uh, <laughs> 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 let's be honest. Nobody's scared of me playing Malekith. It's me. Uh, this is all for you. All of this is about you. <laughs> God, I don't have that big of an ego. If I did, I, man, I, I would hate myself if I had that big of an ego. Um, anyways, with that being said, we have been the Rogue Agents. And you have been the listener and sometimes the Malachis and sometimes the rogue agents. There you go. We love you guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> Be a team. You're the only superhero in the world. Touche. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't drink on these. <laughs> <laughs>